um, like if I meet someone new, I t tend to kind of like interview them a little bit. So um, it just fit. So the first time I did the mystery hour in front of this crowd of like 90 people, no cameras or anything. When I got done, I was like, oh man, this is what I want to do. This, this is, is it. it. You found it. This is it. Uh, then a few seconds later, I was like, oh no, there are only four of these jobs. <laughs> 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 How can this be it? And like, there are only four of these jobs. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. A podcast. A ba -ba, a ba podcast. A ba -da -ba, a podcast. A ba -ba, a ba -ba. Yeah, yeah. Podcast. A ba -ba, a ba podcast. A ba -da -ba, a ba podcast. A ba -ba, a ba -ba. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Adam Parker, and you're listening to the Adam Bomb Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, for clicking on... This episode is one that I'm very excited about because it's one that I've been trying to get uh, going for a while now. Uh, Mr. Jeff Houghton and I have been in contact for a few months <laughs> trying to schedule this thing and uh, finally came together. So I was really excited to to uh, meet him, to talk to him, and to bring this to you because he is uh, actually a super cool dude. So <laughs> go figure. Uh, you know, didn't expect it. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, you, can, uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter. At the Mystery Hour, Jeff is the host of the Mystery Hour late night talk show in Springfield, Missouri. That's also airs. God, okay. Also airs on a couple of different um, Fox affiliates here in Springfield. It's uh, Fox KRBK. You can find more info about that show as well as full episodes at themysteryhour.com. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's just at the Mystery Hour, and uh, he's on Facebook. And you can do all that fun stuff. Uh, let's see. You can also follow me. On Twitter at uh, Adam Glenn Parker, that's Glenn with one N, and you can email this podcast, Adam Bomb Podcast at gmail.com. Also, I may be putting up a Facebook page for the podcast pretty soon. You'll hear about that inception of that idea in this episode, actually. So, uh, look for that coming soon. Hopefully, you'll like it and share it and what have you. Uh, let's see, I've got a couple of dates coming up this weekend. If you listen to this the day it comes out, uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at the Blue Room opening for AJ Finney on Saturday. That's uh, Saturday, June 20... Oh, God, is it 5th? I think it's 5th. I don't have my calendar in front of me. June 25th, I think, this Saturday, uh, opening for AJ Finney. Uh, features going to be Andrew Mahalovich, both guests of the podcast. So uh, that's going to be a fun show. Hosted by Tom Gray, also been on the podcast. So let me tell you, podcast fans, you're going to want to come out to this show. It's a good one. So come to that. Uh, also, July 18th, I'll be doing a show at Martha's Vineyard in Springfield, Missouri uh, with several other local comedians. It's going to be fun. I believe the show starts at 8, so you'll want to get your tickets then. And uh, then July 11th, oh, that's out of order. <laughs> All right, July 11th, I'm going to be opening for David Lee Hart from Tim and Eric at the Outland Ballroom at 8 o'clock. And that show, uh, tickets are still available unless they're not. I actually haven't heard, so I'm thinking that they are. So those are my dates. Uh, those are my shows. Those are the things you can see me doing. Uh, check out Instagram Husband. You probably heard of that video. That's that's like the big viral video that uh, the Mystery Hour had that came out. Um, they got a bunch of content online. It's really fun. Talking to Jeff was super fun, and getting to know him was really fun. So I don't have any education for you guys this time. Uh, unfortunately, I've really been dropping the ball. I know you listen to this podcast to be educated. However, I, I have been in transit, and I've currently lost my education materials. So I don't have any 
uh, surprise or interesting facts for you. So we're just going to get right into the episode. I know, I know you're looking to me for that sort of information, and I wish I could oblige, but unfortunately, sometimes things happen, okay? Get off my back. So whatever. I'm talking too much. Clearly, this is a, this is a bad idea. I should have recorded this at a different time, but I'm not, and I'm not going to re-record it because that's how this podcast is. It's raw. It's, it's fast. It's, uh, those are the wrong words. I don't want to use those anymore. So anyway, let's just get into the episode. Listen to me and Jeff Houghton talk for a couple of hours about fun, awesome stuff about the show, about stand-up, about comedy, about theories, about um, uh, mucus, about cotton balls in your mouth. It's all sorts of good stuff. So check it out, listen to it, and please enjoy this uh, hilarious, fun, delightful episode with me and mystery Jeff Houghton. Enjoy. But it doesn't really matter. So let me let me just tell you, like, yeah. So I was I was kind of explaining to you that it, it starts. We're just gonna talk for whatever, however long. Yeah. You're in, and then um, I've got some questions and stuff. We'll do. I like to do a couple would you rather's if you're into like weird little game things. Okay. And then uh, that's. I mean, that's basically it. All right. There's really not much format to it. I'll ask you yeah. different things. We'll go to whatever. It's like a regular conversation, but with a mic and in your a face, <laughs> popping guard in front of you. Yeah. Right. But it's just right. like you and I are getting to know each other, which we don't really know each other. No, let's start now. Let's start getting to know Brian, each other. Brian, what's your name? Adam. Jeff. Just kidding. Sorry, there's a That's landline phone. phone ringing. There's a landline <laughs> in where we are, which let's talk about where we are, because this is kind of the coolest. We don't have to like even say where we are necessarily, but this is like maybe the coolest place I've ever been in my life. Right. There is a, <laughs> there's a recording woman talking right now. Okay. For being such a cool, brand new place, they definitely have a landline phone. But we're in the basement of Dapper, okay. yeah. where I get my hair cut. And yes. they also have this speakeasy-themed bar in the basement mm-hmm. that they don't use in the morning. So I said, hey, can I come down here to do this? And they're like, sure. Yeah. And so, so that's where we are. It's very cool. And so you told me where you told me we were meeting at Dapper, and I went to somewhere else. Yes. And stood you up for about half an hour. Can we yes. just get that on the record? Which I, Long enough that when I finally got here, you were gone. I was like, I'm getting a cup of coffee. Yeah. Screw this guy. This I don't guy, know if he's showing up. Yeah, I don't even care. I'm done. But I'm late to everything, so I never fault anyone. I love. But I get it. hypocritically frustrated. Yes. But as long as I recognize that I'm a hypocrite on it, I feel okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We're all hypocrites. We all are. But if you don't know it, particularly that's true. me, right? Yes. If you know me. it. It's you fine. know it. You're fine. I think yeah. you're fine. I think it's fine Thank to be a hypocrite. So that's no big deal. Yeah. So we're in Dapper, and it looks cool. It looks very speakeasy. It looks very yeah. like hip, and you feel cooler just being here. I feel like we. Like I feel like what I feel like is this is your house. This is exactly what my house looks is this, like. Is this how it looks? If you can imagine it's smaller without a bar uh-huh. and with a lot of kids' toys. Kids' toys and, and different furniture. and <laughs> Yeah. Imagine this, but entirely different. That's what my house is like. Got it. Yeah. Got it. It's there. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It's good. All Do right. you have kids? I don't have kids, no. Yeah, that's good. No, I don't have kids. That's good for is, you. Is good, yeah, At in this general. Point. Yeah. I like having kids. It sounded bad. Nope, I have eight I knew kids, what you meant. But I mean, like, you can't know what it's like. You can't appreciate the freedoms you have until they're taken away. It's just like someone who's in prison, which is <laughs> not what it's like to have just kids. Just like being in prison. <laughs> just like incarcerated. But you just can't know. You're like, oh, what should I do tonight? Whatever I want. You don't think about that. Right. Until you're like, oh, okay, so I got to plan this, talk to a sitter, talk to my wife make sure everything's set and then i can go be carefree uh-huh. <laughs> for, for like two, an hour and a half <laughs> that's the hard that's be the hardest thing about parenting is uh the death of spontaneity yeah that's the hardest thing for me nice talk were you, were you you really have to plan spontaneity 
oh, I'm comp- I don't plan anything. Ever? <laughs> Hardly. Talk to my wife about that. <laughs> yes, I'm not a planner by any means, and I value spontaneity. Yeah. So that's the hardest thing. There are many things that are so great about it. That's the hardest thing Let's for me. Let's talk about the bad stuff, though. All right. <laughs> but that's the thing as a parent. You, if you ever talk about anything bad, you have to say, but I love it. I love it. It's so great. I would never change anything for the world. They're my, they're my dream. Right. But I really wish I could but. go out to... Right. Yeah. It's both, but you feel compelled to say both. Even right now. As Are you I'm afraid that, that either me or the listener will, will think that you're a bad parent or a bad person? Yes. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yes. I don't think you're. A Am bad I okay? Person. Yeah. Am I okay? Thank you. That's I will. All I I'll hear. affirm you. Thank you. That's <laughs> all I want to hear. You're okay, Jeff. <laughs> so far, I'm I'm happy with you. Thank you. That's, that's all I want. Give you a little. <laughs> that's all I want. Enough of a spring for the next. Yeah. Can I tell you this great spiritual truth my son said to me the other day? Oh yeah. Spiritual slash practical. Which all spiritual is. <laughs> it's getting real shit real quick. <laughs> all right, here we go. So he had to take this medicine for an ear infection. And then he got ear infection again, so he has to take this medicine in his mouth, but he also needed to take some eardrops, mm-hmm. which he just hated. So he had to lay down on his side, and we had to drop these little droppers in his ear, and he just hated it, and he would cry. And then, so we had to do it for like a week or 10 days. And then after a while, he was like, he calls me Daddy-O. That's awesome. Yeah, he just always has. So we never corrected him. And he calls my wife Maya instead of Mommy. So we're just like, let's run with it. Sure. Let's just be my daddy. Yeah. Um, so he goes, daddy, oh, when I'm, he's three and a half. He goes, daddy, oh, when I'm uh, getting the eardrops, will you cry with me? Oh my God. So he wants, so I did a few nights when he was crying, I would pretend to cry as well. And I was like, that's all any of us want. Oh my God! Can't solve all the problems. <laughs> Just cry with me. <laughs> oh God! It's good, right? Okay, that's like real. Yeah. Oh God! It's like some really deep, good. deep truth. That is some serious, that's serious shit. Like my. So I'm in therapy, and yeah. I've been talking. Me too. Anyway. Good. Therapy's the best. Oh God, I love it. It's like this, but talking to someone helpful. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you also have to pay. That's so true. So you get, you know, you get what you pay That's for. That's true. That's true. Right? I paid fifty dollars for you to be able to interview me. You did. You yeah. did, and I appreciate that. It's very a racket. Much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I feel like it's a really good deal. <laughs> but uh, we've been talking a lot about my inner child, and like, have you really? Uh-huh. That's like some classic therapy. I haven't done that. Yeah. Well, like I, because because yeah, <laughs> I've been in therapy for like I don't know, a, like most of my life. I feel like yeah. most of my adult life. People don't understand therapy is the best. It's really, really wonderful if you find someone you click with and they yeah. really care about you and listen to you. It's yeah. really terrible if you don't find that person. I imagine so. And I had the second version of that for most of the time. Oh, really? Someone I didn't click with, didn't connect with. And you're like, with. this is just how it is. This sucks. And I just thought, I guess this is how therapy is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I went to someone else yeah. just within the last few months. And I'm like, this is, this is, I see why people actually want to do this now because this is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I went, I, the therapist I've gone to off and on for like 10 years. Yeah. Just very off and on, but I've been going to her recently and, um, oh, but in the middle, my doctor recommended someone else and I went to him and immediately I walked in and I was like, oh no, this Ooh. is awful. You can just tell when yeah. you hit the room. At the time it was when the mystery hour was kind of getting going uh-huh. and um and he goes uh he goes 
does it does it bother you that your wife makes more money than you uh. and i was like no and he's like are you sure i was like you can't what? plant issues yeah what the your hell? job is not to plant issues <laughs> are you sure does it make you feel inadequate are oh you my sure God. I was like, you are awful. And then he wanted to schedule another appointment. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I never <laughs> saw that man I'm again. in, man. She was yeah. horrible. Oh, God, yeah. that's so terrible. Yeah. I just wasn't good at it, generally. Yeah, just a bad therapist. Yeah. And I was like, that. you should not be planting new insecurities <laughs> for me. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that your face kind of goes up a little bit more on one side? Right. What the hell, dude? <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry, but what were you saying? Oh, you're talking about your inner child. That's it. I was just because you were talking about the children's stuff. And I, that just reminds me, like, that ch child. So I work with kids right now uh, yeah. as, like, part of my job. I, like, teach like, little kid classes and stuff. Oh, cool. And uh, I love working with children. I love kids so much, even more now than I used to. But working with my therapist has been, like, this whole uh, – because, like, I've been working on, like, reparenting myself. Okay. In some ways, and that's some really, really interesting yeah. stuff that I had never really heard about. Parenting, I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but because of that, I like have this real big heart to like parent all these other kids too, like for an hour or whatever. Right. So like we're teaching a class, but like I, I mean, I teach the class, but more importantly, I'm just like, how are you doing, like child? You know, right. where are you at? Like, and if, if I mean, because they say stuff like that all the time. That like, will you cry with me? Or, or um, like I, you know, they get like they get out of hand, and you're like, what? You know, why? Uh, how old are they? six seven eight yeah. so a little bit older than your kid yeah. but <clears throat> but it's like so why are you um you know they they get out of hand and they break a rule and so yeah. then i don't just like sit them out i'm like hey what what happened why'd you get so out of hand uh why'd you get so uh, excited or you know and, and like i don't know i don't know and then i just get so excited <laughs> and like that right there to me is like yeah i get that too i understand like yeah. oh god it's so unfiltered it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah, it's wonderful. There's no inner judge yet. It's like, well, that oh, was, you shouldn't feel that way. There was one of the, my kids, he was sitting on the floor yesterday, and he had his, he had, like, shorts on, and he had his, like, shorts kind of hanging up, uh, like, above his knee, and he had his legs kind of bent, like, on the floor, and then they, like, knees come up, and then he was, like, laying down, and his legs mm -hmm. were in the air. And he was shaking his legs <clears throat> and watching them jiggle back and forth. Yeah. He just thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> and in my, I was like, oh, God, like, that's what you need to keep forever. Right. Because now it's just like, oh, I jiggle and it's so gross. I got to like work out. Right, and right, right. But, and he's just like, hey, look at my weird body. Yeah. That's the best. Like yeah. nobody said, hey, your body shouldn't do that. Totally. And he just thinks it's cool. He's like, that's that's, that's what I want to get back to. <laughs> Somehow in my life, I want to get rid of all these insecurities and just be like, okay with what is. Love is saying yes to what is. You ever heard that quote? I have. Uh, Richard, Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr. He's my man. Yeah, you like you like some Richard Rohr? I'm fairly obsessed, yeah. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I like Richard Rohr a lot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great. I'm reading one of his books right now. Falling Upward? Yes. That's a good one. Yeah, it yeah. is good. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, walking by the square to get coffee when you were really late. Uh-huh, yeah. And I was noticing the fountain, just watching the drops on the top of the fountain kind of just go up and then kind of curved down. Yeah. I was like, I could watch that all day. I think yeah. I could watch that all day. But I have things I have to do. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, you're just know. in that moment. No, that's right. so good. Like watching a fire does that for me a lot too. Like if you're camping or whatever, yeah, just totally. sitting around a fire for hours and just watching it change. Fire, and, water. Uh-huh. Those 
those earth elements. Core elements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just always back to, <laughs> to the soil. But I was reading, I read this book that I evangelized to everybody called The Inner Game of Tennis. You ever heard of that? I have heard of it. <clears throat> who, who, uh... It was like one of the first sports psychology books that came out like in the early 70s, I think. Yeah, I've heard of it. Who's the author? Uh, it's going to come to me in a minute. Oh, there's a G maybe and a T. T. Tim. It's by Tim. Tim. <laughs> Powerful author. Anyway, I always talk to people about this. I read it. Uh, a guy came down from IO to train us, do like an intensive with us over a weekend for the skinny improv. And uh, he recommended it as this great improv book. It's strictly maybe about that's tennis. What I've, I think I've heard. I've actually think I've heard it associated with improv. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's strictly a tennis book, but it's about, he's like basically 90% of tennis is in between points and like in what you're doing with your head. And I grew up playing tennis, um, played up to like freshman year of college. And so like I could, it didn't feel foreign to me to read about tennis, but it's more about <clears throat> just psychology. And uh, he's like, there's a self one and self two. It, you can see why it's great for improv. So self one is this judgmental, analytical self. Yeah. And uh, self two is like this natural learner, kind of go with the flow sort of self. And basically the premise is that we listen to, we only listen to and trust, not only, but we mostly listen to and trust self one. Um, and you can see it like with tennis, like guys yelling at themselves or whatever. And uh, he's like, self one has a place, but we need to learn how to trust self two more. So it totally works for like improv because improv is all about getting out of your head and stop judging yourself. And um, so anyway, I think about that a lot because I tend to default to self one more, uh -huh. if you will. Just like the more planning, more like structure. Not well, not structure because you're not like a planner guy, but like in terms of no, but I have to risk of like. Is it is self one would self one be like more risk averse? Sure. Or uh, yeah. more like Tim Galway. Nice. G a l l w e y, I believe. Nice. So, Good pull. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> it's in there eventually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, and uh, self two is a little more. But it applies to it applies to your life as well. Of course. Yeah. At the same time, I was taking improv classes, read that, and I read Blink. Have you ever read that? I've heard of it. Malcolm also, Gladwell. No, no I've, I've heard of it. Similar premise. I mean, it was like a New York Times bestseller, but like uh, he talks about improvisers in it, but he also talks about like ER doctors and stuff. And so the basic premise of that is that like we tend to overthink, overanalyze things when like these ER doctors have to make these split second in the moment decisions. Right. And like based on based on like intuition and also kind of and knowledge and experience but then they're able to make these like split second decisions. And those are actually better than these, what we would call well thought out or um, ruminated upon decisions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's the same type of thing of trusting that more intuitive self. Um, yeah. And so they're both like totally on that. So anyway, I believe those things very well cognitively. But it's hard, it's hard to live that way <laughs> practically, of course, yes. of course. Well, like I've, I've been kind of work so, because okay, I had talk a, to me, Adam. I had a therapy. You ready? Yeah. Listen, listen to this for a second. 
I, this is a safe place. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how arrogant that sounds. <laughs> if you start anything, let me tell you something. <laughs> Which is you're going to anyway. Yeah, it's like right. so like you shut up. I have an opinion and you need to let me give it to you. <laughs> All right, uh, but so like I had a this is my bad therapist. Okay, okay. This is my bad therapist uh, was talking about how I so I. I had some shit happen a couple years ago that was not good, and that was mm-hmm. part of what spurred me back into therapy after having yeah. been out of it for a while. And um, it was like, it was like, well, here, the basic premise is that you, as a person, are like you can't trust yourself because you're a liar, mm. and you, you have to like put some stuff in order that you follow regardless of how you're feeling because your feelings are going to mislead you okay not a terrible like on the surface idea like i get i get i get what he's trying to say okay um but that was what i operated under for a long time of like my feeling i can't i shouldn't listen to my feeling i shouldn't listen to how i'm what i'm i shouldn't listen to what my gut's telling me i shouldn't preach at him yeah you feeling that right right don't follow your feelings all right right but then right now i feel like there's something deeper you tell me what you think about this that there's like I'll tell you if it's right or wrong. Tell yeah, I just just affirm me and just push me in the right direction, please, right. Jeff. That's why I had you here. Right. I'll give you your $50 back. <laughs> but I like so there's 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 what there's like a thing, right? And then there's this level of like your feelings, right? These right. things that are just I mean, sometimes that they are based on your image of what's happening. Sometimes they're based on the story you're telling yourself. Sometimes they're based on chemicals that just release in your body because you get right. tired. Like there's all sorts of things that can make you feel happy or sad or good yeah. or bad or whatever. Right. But then there's, I think, something below that. It's yeah. like, you know, you might call it your gut or your intuition in this right. book or whatever that like, like knows something more deeply than you're feeling. Okay. Yeah. And like when I felt like in, in this particular moment when I was saying, like I felt a certain way, I think if I look back, I know I knew differently in my gut. Yeah. I felt one way. I knew differently. I didn't want to acknowledge the different thing that yeah. I knew. So I <clears throat> I made myself believe the feeling. Yeah. But I think that there's this gut. Like I think you can trust your gut, but I think you have to be open and honest and willing to like willing to know when you're bullshitting yourself. Yeah, you got to be very self-aware. I've said similar things that there's this place it's not just intellect and feelings. So there's this deeper place of knowing. That's Perfect. something I've thought before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's because there's pretty sure I invented it. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm glad I could latch on to that. I knew that band way before you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I'm just now. I'm late to the party. But <laughs> no. But uh, yeah. I. I mean. I. I'm down with that. Because there's there's something about like like there's shit like we we just you know that like choking a child to death is wrong right like you sure, know what i mean sure. like we just know that you don't right. have to know that even if you you could be really mad like i'm you've never ever done this but like in general some parents might get so mad at their kids that they want to throw them out a window mm-hmm. okay but you know that's wrong not just on an intellectual i'm going to get arrested if i do that but you know that's not good right. for the world that's not a right. healthy vibe to put out or whatever right. you know like that that's that's a thing that's there right and I don't know what it is, but that's, that's, I think you can trust that. Yeah, I'm totally down with that. It seemed, in my experience, it's a matter of uh, being 
being self-aware and being honest with your feelings and uh and then kind of clearing the space to be able to access that part of you right Right. because that part gets clouded yeah 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 everything's clouded (laughs) for me sorry (laughs) (laughs) so very sweeping everything's clouded everything's clouded in the world all the time nothing is clear right Yeah. yeah yeah i'm with you i'm totally with you because I feel torn all the time on everything. Right. Between my feelings and my intellect. Right. And then there's like that. Yeah. There's like, I feel like, like you might feel it's like trusting that place though. Right. It's trusting it. You'd be like, I know it's there. Like I've said, I have all these great theories on such things, uh-huh. but then it's a matter of being like, all right, I'm going to trust that. I'm going to. Yeah. 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 Do people think that we have any wisdom to offer people that are listening to this? Oh yeah. People, all my listeners, um, they eat this stuff up. They, they, <laughs> they do everything that me and my guests say. Yeah. Everything. Good. Yeah. So I have a lot of control over a, a very small, but loyal amount of people. How many people, uh, not how many people listen, but how many people have you interviewed? Interviewed? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I believe that you're my, this is episode 51. Yeah. Um, I just had my anniversary of this podcast. That was the episode that just recently released, and I did like a little clip highlight. How long have you been doing it? A year. One year. So that's almost one a week? Yeah. So it was, I, I missed like one Jeez or two Louise. weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I do one every week. For the first few, first several, it was just me. So I just started the podcast without knowing what it was. Yeah. And I started it, and it was just kind of me like recounting stuff. Before I decided to get into stand up. Yeah. Again, and so I have like two or three episodes before I hit my first mic, and then it's kind of like a cool way to like follow the journey of, like me doing that as well. You want to follow the journey of the podcast host, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So people get invested in what I'm doing, right? That's the whole thing, right? It's all a trick, and we're we're pulling the sheet back right now. We're rooting for you. They they want me to win. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They never. People want something to cheer for. Okay, guys, cheer for me, please. Yeah. Jeff wants you to cheer for me. Come on, guys, everybody. Come on. I don't... <laughs> Everybody. I'm feeling good. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. You're probably my 30-something <coughs> person to interview. Oh, okay. Something like that. Because the first lot, man. 15, 20 people have been not. Like, it was, wasn't people. It was me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or, you're people, Adam. Yeah. No, you're a person. I'm you're a person. One person. I'm not people. Yeah. You're one people. Well, I don't know. I've got my self one and self two. That's so true. No. You're more than one person, but you have to find a way to have them work in harmony that's what I'm saying. Sorry, I made a sincere thing sound sarcastic. <laughs> you kind of made it sound whiny. <laughs> Just work in harmony with yourself. Come uh, on. I'm tired of this. God. Just do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like we've really gotten somewhere. So, we're good. We, we've covered all of our, like, psycho babble. Uh, everybody's that's psychologically more healthy. I love it. No, we're going to get back into it for sure. All right, good. But what I want to do right now, I want to ask you a little <clears> bit about why. Like, so, I want, let's talk about comedy a little bit. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Because you you consider yourself a funny person, don't you? Sure. On occasion. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what did you what like? Did you start stand up or improv? Um, improv. You started improv. Yeah. Okay. Because I've I mean I've never really seen I've seen you a couple of times but usually the only time I've ever seen you do stand up was when you like do like like you try out things I've noticed or something like that at a mic but I'd never really seen you just do straight up like. A lot of stand-up. And yeah. that's maybe because you did it before I was around. But. Well, I don't do pure stand-up. So. Yeah. So let's let's go back. Tell me, tell me like, where, 
what sparked the interest where where you where you started getting into improv all that kind of stuff well uh i suppose it would start when i was in junior high and uh i would watch the british version of whose whose lines it anyway yep Clyde um, anderson yeah and i just loved it and uh and then you know whatever just watch it then I did an internship at Letterman right after college, and I would go watch. Did you go to college? University of Iowa. University of Iowa, and then you moved to New York. Yes. For an so, internship. Yeah. So graduated, then the next semester I moved to New York, and um, so I did the internship, and then some guys I interned with got me going to UCB. So this is like nineteen. This was two thousand. So I, I don't okay. know how long UCB had been going, but it well, hadn't been real long. Like the original four performers were doing the ASCAT show. So they had a free ASCAT every Sunday night. You just had to wait in line. So we'd go and wait in line. And like, I just loved it to death. And um, so I... You were watching it like every... Yeah. So basically once a week, week I'd go. And it was like Amy Poehler and Matt Besser and uh, Matt Walsh yeah. and Ian Roberts. And then they'd... They'd, they'd do the first half of the ASCAT, and the second half they'd bring guests on, and it was like Tina Fey and Horatio Sands. And <laughs> That's so cool. It was like people, yeah, it was really yeah. cool. And it was just this tiny, tiny theater. I think it was their second theater. I can't remember what street it was on. So uh, I just loved that so much. Then when I ended up moving here, Chasing Love, my wife. Uh, That's why you moved to Missouri. Yeah. I'd kind of... I was like, I kind of want to go to Chicago or New York, maybe kind of pursue improv stuff. And then it turns out Springfield was this great place for me to go. Skinny Improv had started like a year, year and a half before I joined at, at Evangel. And then like I started that summer before we got a theater down here. So I did a couple of shows at Evangel. Um, well, first I had gone to see uh, one of my roommates had joined the Skinny Improv and then I went and watched a show and it was fun, but I was also, it was excruciating for me because I was like, dog, this is what I want to do. I can't come watch any more shows. This is yeah. excruciating for me. So I met Jeff Jenkins who started it, was running it. Um, I asked him how you get involved. He said, take classes. So I took class, did well enough in the class that they asked me to kind of do some shows, like an extended audition and then join the group that summer. And um, so then I started doing improv shows every Friday and Saturday night for like six years. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's when it started for me. Nice. Yeah. So then out of that, I started doing the Mystery Hour as a non-televised yep. fake TV show. Right. And um, and then someone asked me to do stand-up once, and I was like, oh, I hate memorizing things. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of improv. <laughs> right. So I was like, I got to figure out a way I can do this stand-up without uh, memorizing anything. So I was like, what if I did it as a nervous speech? Like a very earnest Car guy scene. being a very earnest guy trying to do stand up, but being so nervous. <laughs> so you, you felt more comfortable in a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And that way I could have note cards. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was a means to have note cards. Sure, sure. And then I already had a bunch of stuff, like things I've noticed written, which I do for my show, which I'd done way back when with the show. So then I found this loophole, but it did, like, it worked great. Like the first time I did it, it killed. Really? And um, 
honestly did great like every time I did it like I'd done it at like the comedy store uh, in LA and went great and all these places except for when I would do open mics like in LA because it's not like pure stand-up which is like I'm I mean certainly stand-up now I'm kind of bearing my soul to you I'm telling you who I am telling Mm -hmm. you my story which I love it's like so I did stand-up but I certainly recognize it wasn't pure yeah, yeah. stand-up in the stand-up sense well i mean it I, went great but i was like oh so I this know. is just a character i it's can character do like work. a good 12 minute set uh-huh but i couldn't do anything beyond that and then like stand-up in the long run for me i looked at it and i was like okay so if you succeed in stand-up that means that you're touring all the time and like i i saw what that looked like and i was like oh that's awesome I don't think I really, really want that though. Yeah. And like yeah. to do really well at stand up, I think you have to really, really want it. You just really want it. You have to be able to go through the grueling, like, yeah. uh, hit, hitting the road and shitty gigs and over yeah. and over for years. And yeah, yeah. You have to so want I liked it, but didn't love it. Sure. So um, I was like, I think if I really wanted to pursue this, I need to drop the character and do it as myself. Um, but I just didn't really, really want it. So. Uh, I prefer improv or hosting. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. So, what drew you to hosting? <clears throat> well, uh, I really like talking to people, uh-huh. and I really like comedy. And so, like doing like a late night talk show thing kind of made perfect. a lot of sense. And my yeah. favorite thing, like I used to watch Letterman, and when I was younger, I'd watch Carson before I was really old enough to do it. When my parents would watch it, and. Um, my favorite things were like the sketches and the bits and stuff. Sure. But then I discovered that I really like interviewing people as well. Uh-huh. So, um, like if I meet someone new, I t- tend to kind of like interview them a little bit. So, um, it just fit. So the first time I did the mystery hour in front of this crowd of like 90 people, no cameras or anything. When I got done, I was like, Oh man, this is what I want to do. This, this is, is it. it. You found it. This is it. Uh, then, a few seconds later, I was like, oh, no, there are only four of these jobs. <laughs> <laughs> How can this be it? And like, there are How only four I of these jobs. And, yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, zone out telling that story a little bit. How are you, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> what? See, no, I get no. uncomfortable just talking about you myself. You do, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah interview being interviewed isn't fun yeah. sometimes. It's like, it's like squirmy. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to... Everyone loves to talk about themselves. Yeah, but at some point, you're but, so used to getting people to talk about themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just in, in life where, like, it's fun, but it's not quite natural where you're, like, kind of like therapy, where you're, like, this clock, uh, this alarm goes off where it's like, okay, now it's time for me to ask yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm <laughs> clearly, this is enough of me. This is How selfish. About you? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. That's good. So, it's, it's, so, so you felt your calling. Yeah. I'm going to say calling. In a sense, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that. Right. You felt it. You did right. it. You felt it. Like, this is it. This is the thing that I would work for. This is the thing I would do. Yeah. Even if it wasn't giving me anything because I love it so much, it's giving me enough emotionally. Like Yes, and it's still not giving me anything. <laughs> right, but I mean, like, like in terms of... <laughs> no, but I've... So I've gone to... I've gone to it's LA giving you, and taken yeah. meetings, as it were, about... Uh, after Instagram Husband came out. Oh, really? And uh, you're like, wait, why would you... So you just keep doing the show and it's in front of <laughs> however many thousands of people watch uh-huh. on TV. And I was like, yeah, 
I used to do it in front of 90 people. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Yeah, this is great. Several thousand sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's not even close to a million. And I'm like, oh, stop it. I'm feeling good about this. Stop planting insecurities in my head. How right. the hell did you get a job in LA, old therapist? <laughs> right. Yeah. That same guy. God, that guy following you everywhere. I hate that guy. He's <laughs> <It's> always <laughs> popping up. <laughs> so, I don't know where we were. So you're 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 taking me you're talking about taking meetings. You went out Instagram husband came out, which yeah, was yeah. A, was a fun thing. But yeah. Yeah. Like and so, so but but you yeah. have this passion for what it is, what you're doing now. You feel like it's fulfilling. Here's yes. And here's the thing I've learned about chasing dreams and whatnot. So backstory is then so I do the show as a live show for like five years. And then I'm like and then Michelle and my wife and I talk about having kids seriously for the first time. We've mm -hmm. kinda talked about it. And I was like, Oh no, before we do that, I gotta go see about this. Sure, yeah, and that's and she was she like, how did that conversation go? I want to hear about that. I don't remember exactly. We'd always kind of talked about it as this idea, um, but she was amazingly supportive of it, and it was. So then we had the conversation so of good. her, if she wanted, if we were going out there. And she's like, I think I need to stay at this job. So I went out there and she stayed here, which yeah. is bonkers. And that's, you went out to L.A.? To L.A., yeah. yeah. And I didn't know at the time, but I did research. I was like, New York or L.A.? I like New York. I think I'll hate L.A. But it was like, L.A. is the place you got to go. I ended right. up loving it. But, um, but yeah, I, she was amazingly supportive. Allegiant Airlines had cheap flights year round. Now yeah, they, they have them like in the summer or something. And, uh, and then she was able to come out in the summer for several weeks. So it was open-ended. I didn't move back at some point or she'd move out at some point. Wow. And, uh, but yeah, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling away in the driveway, crying. Cause you're, cause you love her. Right. So then I had to, so then, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a crazy decision. doesn't make any sense, but, um, one of the things I learned out there and learned kind of in my life is that you have to enjoy the process. Like, um, if what you want is to make it as an actor or you want fame or something, mm -hmm. it's not this ideal that you think it is. Like I heard Paul Rudd say once that what people don't realize, even as a working actor, a successful actor like him, is that you're always looking for a job. Right. So you're always auditioning. You never know what's going to happen. And so you have to enjoy that process else you can't keep with it. Because most of the job or most of the career is that process. Yeah. It's not mostly doing something, getting success and that. That's not most of the yeah. job. And so, uh, so like for me, it's felt like a no brainer to keep doing my show five years non-televised and now we finished our fifth season televised. So people could look at that and say, and I've heard people on the outside be like, wait, so why would you do that? And uh, I just enjoy the process so much. Yeah. And so <laughs> like if, like I couldn't do it forever if there wasn't ever money at some point. <laughs> sure, of course. Yeah, that, that's impractical. Uh, which there hasn't been yet. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think I have more perseverance but it is like that going back to that thing it's like oh this is what fits me best i feel like in alignment with this this is it i'm supposed to do this yeah so if that 
and then maybe success comes from it or maybe I just got to do this thing I wanted on the side for a long time and that's awesome. You know, I don't know. Either way, I, well, hey, you won an Emmy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come on. Come I, on. I, I should have introduced you as Emmy Award yeah. winning Jeff Houghton. I need to melt that down and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so now we've, yeah. in the last year mostly, mostly, we've had some success. Lots of, yeah, well, because that, obviously, most people have seen Instagram Husband and that went, that went great. And I yeah. always, I was like, that was, that was, <laughs> so uh, Ty had started writing with you guys like, like right before right right yeah. before that and so like i was always like dude you did it <laughs> like you did it man could you lucky charm yeah yeah he's it, he's it. Yeah. yeah now he's gone but <laughs> before him no viral hits nothing right yeah when he starts viral hits viral hits only and now he's gone so i guess you're no done more. yeah no more i think that's, that's it probably it it's a real bummer <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's while it lasted yeah yeah screwing everybody over <laughs> so yeah that's great though i love that idea of of um because like people you know you hear like career advice or whatever like what would you do if you had you, money wasn't an option blah 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 like that's like what you're supposed to do right you know right. those things and like that's like that's what you've you've found that that's what you, you would host the show if money wasn't a thing because money's not a thing and you're hosting the show right i have 10 years of proof <laughs> yeah you like you can back that shit up with yeah with visible evidence yeah, yeah yeah and that's that's so great to love it so much to, and, and I mean, the experience is priceless, right? I mean, the, the, the fun, I'm sure that the fun you've had, the, the amount of growth, the amount of people you've gotten to meet, the amount of stuff you've gotten to do is, I mean, those memories are going to be there forever. You've had those great experiences. Yeah. yeah. And what people don't realize, though, is it's 90%. So I'm a, essentially for my show, I'm a host, producer, and writer. Yeah. It's 90% being a producer. Sure. Which I don't love. But it's so I have that reward to be able to have the camaraderie with people, mm -hmm. writers and staff, if you will, have that camaraderie and have that reward once a month of performing. Improv, there's no preparation. And I would just go up every Friday and Saturday night and do it. Yeah. It was all reward. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. That's not, yeah. But that's the thing with dream chasing is that like, it's not this ideal thing or like working for yourself. It's like, it's still hard ass work. Yeah. It's just what you want to be doing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, so there's a difference between work and labor. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Work is, I mean, work is everything. Everything has work, but not everything has to be labor. Right. Your marriage should be work. It shouldn't be labor. Yeah. Your uh, job should yeah, be work. Like it that. shouldn't be labor. Yeah. Speaking of which, what would happen if I had to go pee right now? Oh, my God. The uh, the listeners, I would leave the mics running so the listeners could possibly hear you pee. <laughs> Can I do that? Please, go pee. Please. I, I just feel like I've reached the point where I'm starting to have a harder time listening because <laughs> all I can hear is my body. Uh, do you know AJ Finney? You know, um, Facebook runs them out. No, Facebook friends. Yeah. I, I had him on a little while ago. He peed like three times during the episode. <laughs> so he had been crushing water, chugging coffee. Yeah, yeah go, right. go for it. Go for it. We will. Are you going to edit it, uh, or will this just remain? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't okay. decided. Well, you should probably talk while I'm going. Yeah, I did that. So with then, him. if you don't edit it out, yeah. then you can have something that's not just quietness with a faint. I'll talk trickle. to your empty chair. I'll do a Clint Eastwood. Yeah, there you go. Chair. All right, I'll be right back. Okay, enjoy. Close the vault door. <laughs> yeah. But where's the wrong door? There's so many doors. There's two doors on that thing? Yeah, it's a vault. Oh. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very noisy. <laughs> really I'm back. I there. feel so much better. Good. Good. Awesome. I'm starting to feel bad that I said that my stand-up did well every time. It didn't do well every time. Certainly. <laughs> certainly. But you... <laughs> it did well a lot, but it's limited. Uh-huh. And I definitely bombed <laughs> with it. Just for the record. Yeah, definitely. For the record, you're not arrogant and you weren't killing every single time. Right, right, right. For yes. the record. Okay. I yes. I want people to know that. I was surprised that it went well right away. And then oftentimes it went well. I've heard that happen. I've heard that as a story of a lot of people. Like the very first time I ever went, it went pretty decent. And I don't know if that's like necessarily true or if that's my memory of just right. being excited for having done it. I've heard Mike Birbiglia say that when you're starting out stand-up, oh, yeah, you like have it. to ignorantly think that you're doing great or else you'd quit it. You have to be delusional enough to think that you've killed even when you suck. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally true of what my show was in the early TV days. I was like, all right, it's going great. We'll just tweak these things. And it's then after well. five seasons of tweaking, I look back at those and I was like, oh my gosh, how did I keep going? Yeah. Like, so awful. <laughs> See, that's so good. And that's good though. That's a sign of growth and progress. Right. That's how you should, you shouldn't look back and be like, I was killing it then. I'm killing it now. Totally. Like, just even in life, you shouldn't look back at yourself five years ago and be like, hell yeah, I had it figured out then. I got it figured out now. Totally. And when we submit, for Emmy stuff, we have to like send them clips, and um, the last so we done it, I did it this year in April, and then we did it last year, and um, the only clips I select from are from the last like several shows. Sure, because I look back at the previous ones and I'm like, oh, those no. are awful. Yeah, no, this should be something changed. Yeah. So like, I don't know. We might get a new set. Oh really? We might build a new one, and then I'll look back at the old shows and be like, oh, that gross set. Those These old shows old. were awful. It's good. It's good. It is. Yeah. I know. It's but, just so funny. Yeah. Because it's just growth in increments, incremental growth like that. Right. Eventually you look back at because you're changing it because you want it to be better. And so anytime you make it better, then you look back. Like, I can't believe we did it like that for, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We used to have a ficus plant on the side of the set. <laughs> in order to because the set just kind of stopped and there's like a black curtain behind it. Uh -huh. And I was like, I don't like that. We need to have something that just kind of breaks it up a little bit. So it's not such a hard stop. So we had a ficus there, two ficuses. And uh, I look back at those ficus episodes, and I was like, how oh, gross. <laughs> ficuses. <laughs> no one wants a ficus. No yeah. one does. Nobody. Nobody's ever actually wanted, gone out and, per I want a ficus. No, it feels like. People go out, I want some sort of green plant. What do you have? No. We got a ficus. Yeah. Only televangelists say, I need ficuses ficus. on my set. Fike, fikei. I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I think ficus, they, they build up in the back room. At the plant store, you know, the plant store, you know, where you go to get plants. Yeah, the plant, plant store. store. Yeah, yeah. When you go to the plant store yeah. and uh, you ask for any green plant, any I want just the cheapest green, weird plant green you have plant. But it's also fake. Right. Of course. Of course. So it has to be the fake plant store. Well, it's a the real store, the fake plant plants. store. Yeah, there's the plant store. Then there's the fake plant store. Mm -hmm. Then there's the fake plant store, which is so they're all on like on plant uh -huh. store row. Yep. And so you've got the plant store, which has got like trees and, you know, Christmas trees, things like that, like live yeah. stuff. And you have the fake plant store, which has ficus and then those like yeah. fake flowers that you get for yeah. somebody that you don't really love. And yeah. then you have the fake plant store, yeah. which you go in and it's actually just a bunch of uh, tires and stuff. I like the way you think. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think, it's I think we're onto something here. It's all a ruse. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything's cloudy. <laughs> everything's cloudy, man. <laughs> Everything, man. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So listen. Uh, How long have we been talking? 
long enough. This is good. No, <laughs> no, I like it. No, it's good. You, you feel all right? We've actually gone about 45 minutes it's or good. so. It's good. It's good just to have human connection and just talk. Yeah. That's why I like podcasts so much. Yeah, because you can fake it when you listen to them? You feel like you're in a conversation? Kind of, yeah. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Here's the new commodity, I think. Oh, God. All right, let's get into it. Is honesty. Oh, so yeah. we're living in a world that's increasingly dishonest in terms of what we present to people mm -hmm. and how our lives are manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram. Like we did a little bit of satire with that, with Instagram husband yep. and just any sort of how you present yourself on social media or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you look at stand up, the way standups did it in the eighties yep. and nineties doesn't translate as much anymore. It's like, okay, that's funny, but I want to hear it's a well constructed joke. Yeah. But good. I want to hear a story about your life. Yep. And um, so the, I think the new commodity is honesty. Mm -hmm. And you listen to like some You Made It Weird stuff. Like We don't talk about that podcast on here. I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. A competitor of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stealing, he's stealing st listeners. You started it and he I took it. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. And, um, but like some of the stuff they say on it, I'm just like, wow, that is so honest. Yeah. And we just crave that now. We do because we, because there's so many people that don't do it. Yeah. And it's so liberating to do it. Right. It's so liberating. I just told, I just did something on stage. I talked about an aspect of my life that I've never talked about on stage before a couple yeah. weeks ago. First time ever. And it went okay. Like yeah. it went pretty, pretty well, better than I thought it would. But yeah. like the good feeling afterwards was just like, oh my God, I just told everybody this thing that I haven't told anybody. <laughs> like, right. That feels great. These are strangers. And I just was like, Bleh, here's, here's me. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement on that. So, like, I think that's partly why podcasts are successful. That's why, like, this one model on Instagram who always looks good in her pictures, like, did some posts oh, about, like, that. what she looks like without makeup and how hard it is to put on this face all the time. Uh-huh. I think I did see that. And it was, like, brave and liberating, and that's great, but it tells something about where we're at if, if saying something plainly and showing yourself it's plainly like a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it, uh, who was it? Alicia Keys just recently did like a no makeup thingy. Yeah. Where she like, just was like, I'm no makeup. She's like starting a thing. And people were like, Oh, she's so brave. And it's like, I mean, yeah. I get it. But like the fact that that is bravery says a lot about what is regularly accepted. What's forced upon women in particular. Right. Also, like I saw those pictures. Uh huh. I think, Women definitely look beautiful with makeup on, but very sincerely, like, yeah, if you see a woman without makeup on, I think it looks great just in a different way. I think that it looks real and I think it looks beautiful. Like, I think that. Are we pandering at this point? Yeah. Yeah. We, no, but it, women are beautiful. All right, ladies, you're all, you're all lovely in your own ways. So I wear makeup for my show. Uh huh. And, um, Wait, I thought it was weird that you wore makeup now since we're on a podcast, but you know, I'm not, I didn't judge. I either. want you to think I look a ton great. of eyeshadow <laughs> it's weird but uh so i wear makeup for my show so i've just started understanding the difference of that like i'll see things for my show and i'm like i am blemish free right I look at that. i'm all smooth faced and yeah, yeah but i've just come to that in my mid to upper 30s <laughs> yeah and uh and just thinking of what that feels like oh wait which one is me am mm -hmm. i that am i that blemish free mm -hmm. <laughs> if i look at this picture of myself or in bad lighting is that what i look like? and to think that 
women have to struggle with that all the time Pre-team. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks, man. Yeah, no, that's definitely... Patriarchal society, I'm sorry, ladies. <laughs> now we're pandering. <laughs> There's the women calling right now. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> They're happy. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry for everything, ladies. Yeah, we're, we're our, our bad. RB. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're white guys. We are two white guys sitting in a speakeasy, which, let's be honest, speakeasy, like the times in which this is reminiscing about, were not great for everyone. No. So we're two white guys sitting in the basement of a bar where, uh, at the time of its inception, would have only catered to a very s- – us. <laughs> would right. only cater to us. <laughs> so I love history and love, like, old pictures and stuff like that. And uh, I had this thought recently. I saw an old picture from, like, the early 1900s or something. There's people outside on the street or something. I'm like, oh, this is fascinating to me. It's so interesting. What are these people like? And then I was like, oh, all those cool old pictures I see and love. All those people were probably racist. Mm. <laughs> they weren't. That's not good. <laughs> Every one of them. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's rough to, like, realize that. <laughs> yeah. I saw a picture today of uh, it was a Klan meeting. And uh, in the background, they had a big banner that said, Jesus saves. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Ooh, yep, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> grody. <laughs> grody. Yeah, so. You know, history is great, and it's also terrible. Um, it's true. Do you, think we're, do you think we're in a, um, do you think we're better now than we've ever been, or do you think things are getting worse? Like, and that's, I'm going to leave that as broad as it sounds. Well, I've had this discussion with, people before uh that here's here's what i think i think the general sentiment is oh my gosh everything is getting worse right every generation says that about the next generation and so we've piled it up the good old days yeah there are these good old days but no one no 20 something year old guy Gave a shit about people in poor people in Africa uh, 50 years ago because they didn't have access to that information or like whatever. Um, I'm sure they're not saying no, but generally. And now people are like give money to help these people in Africa. They don't have any direct connection with or anything. And so like I think in some very broad ways, things are getting better. Or like we look at... um, number of people that have died in a war or something mm-hmm. if you compare those numbers to like uh the latest iraq war compare those numbers to world war ii it's drastically fewer mm-hmm. right so like in some ways i maybe it's just to be contrarian but i think in a lot of ways things are getting better yeah probably just the worst things are more publicized of course, I mean you gotta you gotta play what sells, and, and we're that. more opening and welcoming on the whole. But like, also I'm a white guy, so everything I don't experience a lot of the bad things. Right, everything feels great. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great. It's been great. It will be great. Fine. What are we talking about? So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're. You think you think in general things are moving in a positive direction. I would say on the whole. Yeah. 
Obviously, obviously, I'm just an optimist. Of, that's just a way of saying I'm an optimist. Really, of course, yeah, that, that says a lot about your perspective and not necessarily a lot about the world. But but your perspective. But also, I'm right. I'm just kidding. Of course, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. Why would I have you on here if you weren't going to be right? Right. I'm going to be right all the time. Yeah, come on. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's, I knew you were going to ask me that because I don't really know. Um, I uh, so the, uh, an author that I enjoy uh, listening to is uh, listening to and reading is Rob Bell. I don't know if you know. Yeah, who that man. Is. Yeah, um, I'm on board with him. So he he definitely holds that uh, things are getting better. Things are progressing yeah. in in a positive direction. Yeah, and uh, I like that idea. I like that idea. I want that to be true. Right. Um, is it actually true? I don't know. There are definitely stats that show. I mean, in terms of like disease, you know, in terms of uh, I think overall the world, uh, like in terms of accepting and, and loving people, I think like that's at least more popular now than right. it used to be. It, right. in, a, in a public eye, it's more popular to be loving and accepting of people than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's something. I don't know if it's true because uh, it's it's really weird. So when you, I went camping uh, uh, not too long ago, and on the way we were in the middle of Missouri, and on the way there we passed a bunch of shacks with a bunch of, like, uh, you know, Confederate flags and a bunch of uh, – uh, <laughs> You know, stuff like, right, that's still very, very prominent, very much exists, right? Um, so in terms of is that the whole world or is that just what's popular right now? Like in, I don't know, but it feels right. like that's that's the, the train to get on board with. Yes, there's certain political candidates that make it seem like maybe we're not going in a better direction. And uh, supporters <laughs> and, right. and the amount of support. Right, right, yeah, so maybe it's who yeah. you see and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so so that that's part of like who knows. I guess that's a great that's a great like wrench in the spokes of that idea for me personally. It's like I think so, but then some shit like that happens, and we're like, oh no, right? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe right. I, I, don't, I don't. You know what I mean? Although, let's say I'm 38. Let's, let's say you're 38. Let's say I'm 38. All right. Just for purposes. let's say I grew up in medieval times let's say that you'd be dead <laughs> first of all <laughs> right oh yeah i'd be dead now yeah but let's say we're i'm in that lifetime okay and i've managed to make it to 38 i'll probably have eight kids and a uh -huh. gangrene leg and you're the wise old man in the village right yeah if i've made it to that point i've probably had to <laughs> i don't know <laughs> be some sort of soldier at some point Right? Yeah, some sort of militia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It had to be in something. I've gotten into, I've had, I've been in battles at that point. Probably. I don't know. Probably. It's likely. More likely than it is now. Right. So, <laughs> if I've lived then, that means I've probably, and I've survived, that means I've probably slashed some guy with a sword in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh-huh. And how many people now can say that? <laughs> Very few. Right. Very few that I've gruesomely had to fight a guy hand to hand with just swords. And if I've made it to 38, that means I've won, which means I've probably killed a few people, but it was bad. Also, it was justified. Uh-huh. Right. That seems worse than now. That does. <laughs> that, that experience, based on your experience of having chased your dreams and now doing a really fun talk show that's gaining popularity, those are very two different experiences. Right. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was born with asthma so i probably wouldn't have lived anyway <laughs> i don't think i would have made it yeah yeah so i don't know i might just hold that viewpoint because 
it seems like the prevailing idea over many years is everything's getting worse. And I want to be like, hey, actually, it's not. I mean, but, but I, maybe I it's the same. I don't it think it could be the same, or it could be on different. Uh, Depends on what you're talking about. Could be different experiences feel better or worse. My brother and I have talked about this that in a macro sense, people yes. are more ethical. Uh huh. But maybe in a micro sense, that's not true. I think that's probably where I would end up landing. Is yeah, like overall know. the entirety of the world and of of everything I think is moving in a positive, like more loving, more ethical place. But yeah. that. Uh, I think there's still a lot of very loud and very destructive pockets and and groups and people, individuals in in the micro sense, maybe. And here's the other thing, Adam. Something yeah, Jeff. I think what about. is it, Jeff? <laughs> See, if you just tap, I have all these theories I'm working on in my head all the time. Get and them out right found here. Found a vein that that taps into them. Talking about opinions, like right now we're. People generally say we're more divisive politically um, than this. Certainly this presidential election is pretty freaking divisive, right? Yeah, and it's been that that's been said the past four. Yeah, so four divisive. Elections. It's more divisive than ever. Now this one's more divisive than ever. Now this yeah, one, yeah. Right, it's getting progressive. And more. like um, just kind of dignity in that is kind of waning. Uh-huh. People... Uh, like a, an orange man can just say these things that would be below a presidential candidate in the past. Right. Um, so below decorum, pu- decorum. Anyone in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but also I think that our opinions have, as individuals, have gotten stronger. And here's why, I think. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, a couple things. One, we see more opinions all the time. If you're on social media, yeah, you're inundated, yeah. inundated with opinions and you unfollow or unfriend people who have different opinions than you. Right. And then, just uh, bathe in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, so that just reinforces the opinion. And then of course, like as people talked about for years, like with 24 hour news or something, it's opinions that, that make news. Yep. So then, like, something happens where I'm like, oh, I don't really have an opinion on that. But then I start seeing people dissecting it, more think pieces, more people sharing, more people talking about it on Facebook. And I start being like, oh, yeah, I never thought come. about it that way. Right. Yeah. And so there's more of that and less of just having conversations. So I think that individually okay. we're more opinionated. There's a lot more access to information and more opinions create harder opinions create more of a divide more of us and them okay and that's why i think we've part of what has contributed to where we're at with opinions being so we're so divided because we've strengthened our opinions, our opinions. are so much stronger and we are so yeah. much more sure of ourselves yeah and yeah. you don't even freaking know what's a reliable website right. like a news yeah. website who knows yeah everybody's biased yeah so there's all these I have liberal and conservative friends, and so uh-huh. you'll see one post that's like uh, taking like Obama's speech yesterday and saying this positive spin on it, and mm-hmm. the next one taking Obama's speech and having a negative spin on it. Same speech. Yeah. Same speech. And so I have to like, oh, and all those headlines are salacious. You have to look at that and then look at the little bit on the bottom that says what the news source is. Mm-hmm. So if it's like one of these super liberal or super conservative ones, like, oh, okay, they're just going to say what they say. Yeah. You don't know what the... 
you don't know where the truth lies anymore. Yeah. Well, and that, that goes to even a deeper thing of like the, the truth, how objective versus subjective is the truth of like what, what, like is your perception of what it is even more postmodern versus modern clashing. It's right, right here, <laughs> right here in, in the yeah. basement of Dapper. What is truth? Mm. What is truth? It to veritas. All right. Um, the e pluribus unum. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that that one. Out of many. Do you think one? Do you think there's any any validity to? Okay, so you're talking about uh, just theoretical, hypothetical orange people uh, saying things yeah. that uh, that are, are would have been below the decorum of a, a public figure right. at, at you know at an earlier time. Do you think there's any correlation between that and the value of honesty that's, that we were talking about earlier? Oh, so this particular orange man. I think that. Uh, I think I don't know how to say this right. There's a part of there's a part of him that I can totally see why people support him, in the sense of just I think we have been getting out of control with looking for gaffes from people, from candidates, and looking for like things ways they've slipped up, and mm-hmm. then like jumping on it and you're like, isn't it a big deal they slipped up? Yeah, so thirty I, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it that people are like, that is dumb. Who cares about slip ups? So then you, so then what that, so then people getting behind that idea, um, then Donald Trump can say, the orange man can say right. yeah. whatever he wants. We can bleep that out. If you <laughs> because people are so for being, not being this, uh, against the idea pulling of the slip the up police. Well, kinda. and yeah, pulling the veil away of like, yeah, I messed up, so what? Yeah. Like so that I think whole authenticity. Yeah, I think you're right that he is yeah. authentic and what we desire is honesty and, and authenticity. That's a really appealing. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I get it in that sense. I hate what he has to say. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. orange man. Right. Yeah, that's very interesting. You want individual theories that may or may not make sense? I'm your guy. Yeah. Indiv- <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> this is good. I'm learning a lot, and I'm developing new opinions based on what you're telling. Good. Me. Everyone needs an opinion. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm getting more and more entrenched in what I believe. Yeah. So that's at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all supposed to do? Yes. Dig our heels in and and believe what we believe. No, I'm firm. totally the guy. Like, I want to bridge people. I want to bridge people, and so like, I'm like, well, so he, he, people are against being slip up police. So I get that, and then like I. Everything here's I the thing. hate divisiveness. At I hate this it. point in my life, I feel like everybody for the there's a, there are a few exceptions, I think. I can't think of one offhand. But for the most part, everyone's opinion, I kinda get it. Yeah. Like almost every side of every argument, I can hear it and be like, I think I kinda get what you're saying. Like That's I, great. I disagree, but I get it. Right. That's great. I think that as people get older, the either the either uh Harden in the sense of the world is black or white, or they start seeing more gray and right. more uncertainty. Right. I am attracted to those people. That's who I want to talk uh-huh. to and be around. Uh-huh. People yeah. that, as the older they get, they see things more black and white. I'm like, I don't, I don't got time for you, man. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about some uncertainty and doubt. <laughs> Hell yeah. Everything's cloudy. Everything's cloudy. God. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a good time to do move people, into sorry, related questions. People do this on Pete Holmes often where they check in and are like, people are really listening to this. Do people listen to the, all the way through? No. 
Yeah, okay, good. Don't worry. None good. of this, like, people will hear, people are going to listen to the first probably 15 minutes Okay. when we're talking about, uh, I forget what our first, because I, I remember what we cut, the first 15 minutes we cut, <laughs> but I don't remember <laughs> what our actual first 15 minutes are. <laughs> so that's what they'll listen to, and then they'll, they'll just be, most people just listen to it to go to sleep, so you're fine. Oh, good. Don't good, worry good, good. It. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, all right, I have some questions that we're going to jump into. These are... It's in no way like a like a quick answer speed. You can answer All fast right. if you want, but you don't have to. Okay. Um, but uh, they're more jumping off points than they are. Okay. Like, give me this answer now. Okay. All right. So uh, let's learn a little lightning bit about, round. about Jeff. It's not a lightning round. I just told Got you it's not a lightning round. God damn it! It's not a lightning round. <laughs> you lightning. can't make your own sound effects. <laughs> lightning doesn't have a sound effect. That would be the thunder round, Jeff. No, I, thunder would be. I said. That's lightning. When it actually strikes something. <laughs> is that that's the noise when it hits does a tree? Does lightning make noise? It has to when it It doesn't it, make noise. Well when it hits something. I don't think but it does. But it's just in the sky? I don't think it a lightning always hits something, doesn't it? Doesn't lightning come up from the from the ground and from the sky and meet in the middle? Isn't that a thing? I think so. That's a thing, right? So but it's always saying, striking something. But if it hits a tree, it's gonna make noise. The tree will make noise. I don't think the lightning makes any noise. It creates noise. If there wasn't lightning, a tree wouldn't make noise. It would in the wind. The tree needs a, a, a catalyst to make noise. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Uh, right there. <laughs> just cry with me. I will. I will cry with you when you're crying. <laughs> Don't worry. Do you have any phobias? Yes. Yeah? What are they? Fuzzy things in my mouth. <laughs> like paper towels like, oh. or tennis balls. You can fit a tennis ball in your mouth? No. Oh, okay. Uh, something of that texture. Cotton ball? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a very unique one. Wow. What, why, do you know why you're afraid of that? Uh, so growing up, my dad was a tennis coach for 35 years. So I always had tennis balls laying around. So I'm imagining that pre-long-term memories, I must have had tennis ball in my mouth and I didn't <laughs> like it so like if someone you must have mistaken it for something and picked it up and so I find myself like closing my mouth a lot when like if someone takes a napkin out of like a napkin dispenser and it causes that friction I go really <laughs> like you have an involuntary reaction yes. of like mm -mm, not in my mouth mm -mm. yes so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah going to the dentist or something and they do something they have to put it in there and I'm like oh. yeah so yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first time. That's a that's a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. a lot of repeats. That's a new one. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why really that would be. I that don't know. is that is no. I like it. It's enough. I mean, it's gross. I don't like having cotton balls in my mouth either. Right. But I definitely don't involuntarily shut my mouth when I see like somebody. Yeah. It's on a Q-tip. Making me talk about it makes me like purse my lips to make sure one doesn't get in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah i like that all right um i like uh i am a musician okay okay i play? like music i play everything yeah no, i don't you play, play in a band uh i sort of yeah what does um, that mean all I, a lot of bands are sort of bands. yeah yeah so uh the guy I've, I've been in several bands yeah i'm currently sort of in a band uh, yeah. i had a couple of the guys on this podcast at one point um one of them lives in kansas city yeah a couple of them live here we get together every so often we haven't played a show in a year what's it called the war effort that's good. Yeah. That's a good name. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I sort of 
I, I kind of grandfathered into it. Yeah. I just helped him record some stuff, and at one point they needed me, and now I'm just kind of like in it with quotes. With air quotes. What do you play in the band? Bass. That one? No. Good guess. What else do you think? Try to guess what instrument I play uh, the most. Rhythm guitar. No. I mean, Keys. I... You're, you're, you're drums. Not, yes. Wow. <laughs> so you're not 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 intuitive. Gotcha. Okay. No, I was going. <laughs> self one was guessing there. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So you're in a band. But I play all those instruments. But yeah. Anyway, I'm into instruments. I'm into music. Music. I've always I've written music forever. I love music. So I yeah. want to know. I, I first of all, I don't even know. Do you play any instruments? Are you musical at all? No, not. No, not at all. In the slightest. Okay. Awesome. Do you? Um. <laughs> I was just. <laughs> As an interviewer, <laughs> hearing me ask you, do you listen to music, was going to make you explode <laughs> because that's the worst <laughs> question in the world. Music? Yes. So do you like, are you aware of music as like a, as an entity? Are you? I've okay. heard of it. Um, what I want to know is, is uh, what kind of music really gets you going, what you listen to. And I also want to know how you use music in your life. Do you use it to fuel a mood or do you use it to create a mood? Or oh, interesting. Where, like, where, how, what's your relationship uh, with music and what genres do you kind of get drawn to? Well... Um, I'm really liking Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night yeah, Sweats. Yeah, the Night Sweats. Days. Okay, good choice. I get on to like one band or one album at a time yeah, yeah. for like a few months and then move on. But my all-time favorite is Patty Griffin. Do you know her? Oh, I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little folksy stuff. So I like yeah, folksy stuff and okay. I like kind of like that 60s soul sort of stuff. So that's where Nathaniel Rateliff kind of Yeah, he kind bridges of bridges it. that gap. Yeah, But yeah. like Leon Bridges I like a lot right now. Um. So a lot of that sort of stuff, but nice. Patty Griffin's my all-time favorite. So, um, well, I was, Patty Griffin just speaks to my soul, but I was listening, I realized I was listening to her like in the morning that would, and it would help encourage whatever mood I was in. If I was feeling sad, it'd be like, oh, give me a, some slow Patty Griffin. So you'd take her though either way, but it'd be like, I'm sad, I want to I wanna listen to this sad or yeah, I'm feeling she, up. Give me some. Give me some upbeat, Patty Griffin. Yeah, she's one of my life partners, but she doesn't know. Gotcha. Also, most of my memory on my phone is taken up by podcasts, and so I don't have a lot of music on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that's probably why I get onto one band at a time. So, so it's all your phone can handle. Then you got to take it off and put the new album on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then I realize I can actually, if I'm feeling down or something in the morning, I can help. The opposite. If I listen to something a little peppy. So. Is that what you would typically want to do? Like, would, would you would you do that? If you're feeling down, would you want to bring yourself up with something? Well, I realized for a long time I was just kind of accentuating that mood by listening to something down. And I was like, oh, that hasn't set me up very well for the day, if that's the case. Right, right. So I was like, I'm going to start using it as a tool as an, instead of a cry with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So both. Is that your question? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I tend to go into like I tend to use it as a like a fuel. Yeah. Like I tend to if I'm feeling like happy, I want to listen to happy music. But I'm if I'm feeling sad and I hear happy music, I just like hate it. Right, right, right. I'm upset about it. Ben Harper is also one of my all-time favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. Before he got happy, <laughs> I liked it better when he was wanting to fight against the man a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little edge on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what makes you, okay, where's your sense of humor? I don't know. Where'd what it go? Where did it go? <laughs> I thought you were going to be funny, Jeff. Where is it? Where, what happened to you? 
No, uh, like what what gets you going? Because I'm, I'm always interested in people that do like that make people laugh uh, in their lives. What makes you laugh? What's your? I mean, it can be people. It can be like specific, you know, people. But it can also be yeah. just like a sensibility. What's what's like some? What do you get? What uh, gets you going? My son makes me laugh a lot because he's three and a half and says whatever he th- thinks. Because when they're younger, they just kind of speak nonsense. They don't know what they're saying. But there's this overlap time where he has a lot more vocabulary, but he's, his thoughts still don't make sense all the time. <laughs> so it's this great time where he can articulate nonsense thoughts, which is awesome. Um, so uh, he does, um, I guess, I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. But like, in terms of like what I like, I like... I like a lot of old comedy, like Cheers or like like sitcoms. Yeah, but also like watching like old Letterman or like I like a lot. The new guys are great. What I is it about time. the old comedy that draws you? Do you think? Well, like I'm a lover of history, so okay, like I yeah. just like that kind of because you can watch it and enjoy it and like see it in this place and time that's different from now. So like. I just kind of, I don't know, I guess I have a, I really revere those old ones and just kind of seeing how comedy has evolved and kind of where it came from. And uh, I like, uh, I don't like how, f- it's going to sound old, but I don't like how fast everything is, how like um, Instagram husband was like two minutes and 44 seconds. And mm-hmm. that's a long, that's viral a long video. viral video. That's a long internet video. Yeah. And so like, I don't like how everything has to be so fast now. So Six I, seconds long. So like this old stuff has more breathing in it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I just kind of like it because I consume so much media from now that it's just so fast paced that I like seeing that that it was okay to have something breathe a little more. And something I like with like long form improv is that right. it's okay to have stuff breathe and have silence. And like, say what you will about my old <laughs> stand up, <laughs> which what I loved most about it, again, about it's not it. pure stand up. So it had a short lifespan, an appropriately short lifespan. But what I, my favorite thing about it was um, trying to command a room with silence. So like I would yeah. just nervously go very slow on purpose. Yeah. And then commanding a room with silence is exhilarating to me. Uh-huh. They're like, I'm being quiet, but this, they're still with me. They're, they're here. They're, wa- they're waiting. They're listening. Yeah, yeah. And so like being able to also similarly be able to make a joke people laugh and then letting it breathe for a while without saying anything else. And people stop laughing. But if you hold it a little bit longer, people laugh again. If you hold the moment. Yeah. You got to be able to hold it. And yeah. so many people are just like, Oh no, I got to stop it. I just love, and I do that a lot, but I love, I can't do it as much on TV because TV timing is different. I just got very specific and precise yeah. timing to even, even just to like get things done in. Yeah. And if you see, yeah. if you see what works as a, long silent beat for a live show it's too excruciatingly long on tv it's strange you have to play with the timing a little bit so i love doing live stuff where you can kind of just let that go and then just you got to be like all right we're gonna get to the silence but it's gonna be okay i can hold it i can hold it and there's the laugh again it worked sometimes it doesn't and you're like oh geez god that was a long silence yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's fun it's just that that little risk is fun to be like all right I'm just trusting it's going to come back again. I don't know. Right, right. 
I like that though. Yeah. So like older stuff, sort of stuff that's kind of like I mean, you obviously are an improv guy. You you enjoy watching people create in the moment. Yes, I love watching improv, of course. Like too, you love yeah. watching that, but it seems like you enjoy watching that process of like interview. Uh, improv, those types of things where, where the comedy's be, it's not pre-scripted necessarily. It's right. Something's being found as yeah, it's yeah, happening, yeah. and you have to allow space for that. You have to get, yeah, yeah, because you you're discovering it with the performer. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. And then I mean, that we're sums all up happy about it, right? So like I did a, I did a show uh, a few weeks ago that was kind of like set list. Have you ever um, heard of the set list? It's where it's basically improvised stand up, okay. and um, they give you topics and you have to yeah, just riff yeah. on them or whatever. Yeah, and, um, that's fun. Uh, I got to do that. It was so much fun, but it's so, it's funny because those jokes. If you go back, like some of them are are funny. They, they could stand alone uh, as as I, I could I could maybe work them into an act. But like for the most part, they're funnier because the, everybody knows that it's it's right now, and yeah. so like they see the topic, you see the topic, you start riffing on the topic, then they are thinking, what would I do? And then when you do something different, it's automatic like yeah. left turn because they didn't see that coming because they were waiting for what they were thinking of. Improv, I think, is the ultimate. You had to be there. You can't yeah. describe an improv scene later. No, it's that not. Never works. Yeah. It doesn't translate on TV. Like they, UCB had some special or some, like they used to have a TV show, but they, they did, did yeah. some. They did some. I think it was on Bravo where they did. Uh, it may have just been a one-time thing. I don't remember, but an improv show, and like it's like a straight improv show or yeah. like a sketch show. Yeah, just improv show. Yeah, you see people stand there waiting to jump in, and. Uh, as an improviser, I really liked it, but like, you can see why it doesn't work on TV because there isn't, you aren't there in the moment. Right. It requires that. I mean, that's why short form works. Like, whose line works pretty well. Yeah. And they would edit short it form, and, and you edit down, and you get yeah, you make it for TV and yeah, and that. But yeah, if you're if you're really trying to follow the process, it's hard to watch that. It's yeah. like the very first TV when they just were like taping radio shows, you know, and like right. they didn't realize that it was a different format, a different medium. Yeah, totally. And yeah. that's what I had to do with my show. Our early shows were cameras watching a stage performance. Right. And that's what we always tried to we've been working towards making a TV show for the cameras Uh huh. that the that's, audience that's is watching. Probably, yeah, it's you really have to flip it because for so long we did it the other way yeah. and we realized it's no fun to watch essentially a stage performance. Right. Yeah, yeah, just a like video it. recording of a play yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, huh? Yeah. And so we think about it all the time when we come up with different bits. Is that it can't be? You don't want to just feel like you're watching something on a stage, right? It's boring. Right. It's not for you. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, man. In the moment. In the moment. Creation in the moment. Well, that's. That's the other thing. It's honest. I think the commodities are oh, honesty okay. and being in the moment. And I've heard yeah. that. That's not a. I've heard someone else say that. I think it was. Uh, uh, what's his name? From Breaking Tim Bad. Tim Galloway. No. Oh. From. Uh, Brian Cranston. No. Saul. Aaron Paul. What's his name? Oh. Uh, Sock. Damn it. Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Bob. Bob. Yeah. So, and he said. I. I think I read him say that. That like live things are the. Because there's so much media, you can watch any, you can watch media, all the day if you want to. Mm-hmm. But the really special thing is then being in a moment, being with there, people, watching it happen, yeah, experiencing yeah. it. I like it, and that gets you going. That gets you giggling. That gets yeah. you laughing. Like if it's good, you, you'll totally. You seem like a guy too, just in general. That like, like you, you laugh a lot. <laughs> like fairly smiley fellow. Like you're a smiley guy, and that's that's like a that's a that's a, like a good thing. I think that like bring it, it like allows people. 
oh, we can smile. Like, we're, he's enjoying us. We're enjoying this. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like, one of the things that Jimmy Fallon does really well, all of his stuff is very funny. But even the stuff that's not really funny is fun. He enjoys doing it. Yeah. Right. Like people want to see stuff that's fun, that's too. Fun. Like, in the old days of the skinny, we some of the crowd would say, like, we love watching you guys have fun. Yeah. And that's part of it. Mm-hmm. That is. It's part that's of the part experience. Of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's easy in comedy to get too analytical, too self one. And we go through that with writers meetings sometimes where we're like, we're just trying to analyze everything and we're not having fun with it. Right. It's like, right. what's the point if we're not having fun? So we try to like be intentional with that. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Should be fun. What makes you cry? Oh, geez. Do you cry? Besides your son making you cry, literally. Well, even before I had my son, any, uh, any, any father son thing like in a movie, yeah, with like a father and son connecting, uh-huh. always cry. I cry a lot more easily the last several years than I used to. The first thing I cried at was um, when a man loves a woman, Meg Ryan movie. Okay, <laughs> and I was sitting in my apartment watching it by myself, and I started crying. The first time you cried, that's not, not the first, first time I cried. cried at. First time I've cried at a movie. Movie. The first movie you cried at though, you were like on like you were an adult. Yeah, yeah, and I was like. I'm crying. Yeah. You were excited. And, yeah. I, <laughs> I have excited. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was very excited. But like also if if my wife and I have some tender moment, maybe she tears up or something, I will. Or if I'm like super proud like of her or something, then I will. But I don't know. I think I'd probably cry a little more than a normal guy. Yeah. But not, I'm not a big crier. I cry a decent amount. <laughs> I feel normal. You like I cry on the cry amount. spectrum. You normal? Yeah. Average. Pretty normal. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's good or bad, but I think it's probably healthy to cry sometimes. Yeah, it is. It feels good sometimes. Shouldn't fight it if it's coming. Yeah. Let's go ahead and cry, everybody. Have a cry right now. They might be crying. Yeah. <laughs> cry. You have our cry. permission to cry, listeners. Please. And write in and tell us how Fathers. it was. <laughs> Please do. Email adambombpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Send pictures of your cry face. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, the next episode, I'll describe them. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we can't show them. So yeah. I'll just describe what they look like. Do you have a Facebook page for this? I have a, no, I don't. I you should need to do that. that. It's easy. That, I think that's you put cry pictures do. up there. Okay, if, if, if I get cry pictures from listeners, I will start a Facebook page just to post them. Yeah. I love cry faces because you aren't in control of it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, it's a time of like, yeah, you can't, yeah. yeah you have to succumb to the moment. Straight authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's all back to and that. And if you're an attractive crier, you're not doing it right. No, you're not really crying. No. No. You're like, I don't know. Like you're tearing up, yeah, but you're, you're not weepy. feeling. Yeah. Weepy is not bawling. Bawling. Yeah. I want to see not, somebody bawling. Yeah. Snot. Snot needs to be involved. A significant amount of snot for you. If there's no, yeah, of course. If there's no snot, then you're I think just that was a callback to something sad. we're not putting. In. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> it was a good callback. <laughs> it's in reference to me producing a lot of mucus, but we won't need to go. It doesn't matter. That. It's just that's just the thing that happens. It doesn't matter. We'll get we'll get onto that. But it is weird what we're doing right now. Yes. Referencing an audience listening to it, uh-huh. but not having an audience present. Mm-hmm. It's something I had to get used to on TV because I was just used to performing live right and then um being like all right 
I don't know the general response to this. Yeah, you can gauge what the audience watching feels, but yeah. in general. But like, I guess like shooting like, shoot a bunch of commercials and stuff, shooting those, I'm like, sure, I don't sure, know. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I don't know what anyone at home is thinking about this. Yeah. It's strange, there's a disconnect. So I think about that like with film sets for like comedies and stuff. Yeah, how do you? How do you know? But then I think a lot of those, that's why a lot of those people still improvise or still do stand-up because they need that juice. Yeah, yeah, well you've gotta be able to have that one-on-one. It's the most real, like authentic, I make, I say this, you laugh sort of thing. Like it's so real time, like immediately gauging. This yeah. is how this is working. This is I think comedy is the only art form that requires an audience. The audience like, is part of the show. Yeah. If you're, if you're uh, playing your drums or playing guitar at home, yep. you're still, you're creating music. You're a musician. Yeah. You, I can create a ton of music and never perform it. Yeah. And comedy, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's just as good as it would be without an audience. Comedy requires an audience. Yeah. I think. Unless yeah. you're just making yourself laugh. Well, Brian Regan talks about a stand up like a stand up being like a musician and their their uh, instrument is the audience. Oh, that's cool. And so like the idea is you go out and you play the audience for however long you've got your show. And yeah. I think I think most performers, I think performance you, cool. you could expand that to performance of like your job is to play the audience, to make them one thing, to make them laugh, to make them go up and down, yeah. and to have them listen and to engage. And like that's your job as the performer, whatever you're doing. You're creating an emotion. You are. And you're, you're manufacturing an emotion that they didn't yeah. come in with. You're having right. to get them to a place they didn't come to. They wouldn't come to on their own. Yeah. It's very manipulative. Well, here's one of my thoughts. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why anyone would still be listening. Uh, <laughs> you're very self-conscious about uh, your opinions. <laughs> I'm noticing. <laughs> yeah, just I say, don't generally voice opinions a lot. Just so. say how you feel. It's all right. Um, I'm trying to be conscientious of people's times, being like, "All right, it's fun. I like Adam, so I'm going to listen all the way through." You're whatever. so nice because, like, I don't give uh, two shits about people's like time. Like, right. I if this conversation is going well. This is good, and if people oh, want to listen, yeah. great. Well, that's good. You're more healthy than me. So <laughs> that is not true. So I like to analyze comedy, though, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of the I.O. style of comedy uh, is basing scenes on relationships. Right. But I like right. to think about, but what makes that work? Because it totally works. It does. What makes that work? And it's because, I think, one, the relatability to relationships, and two, it's one of the fundamental, one of the few fundamental things about us as people is that we're in community and we need people and relationships is, is one of our foundations. Yes. So that's why that works. So then I go to UCB and take classes. And um, they're like, eh, relationships are okay. They can be part of it. Uh -huh. But that's not the part of it. The real thing is the game, the pattern of the scene. Right, right, right. And uh, so I was like, I wonder why that. Why does that. Uh, how come that works then? Right, What's the thing with patterns? Right. And so I think that it's that we as people are always seeking patterns trying to find patterns right trying to categorize things yeah yeah um so then at this point this theory melds with somebody else i'm not sure it might have been a ucb teacher or it might have been them referencing matt Besser because i asked a teacher about this idea once and um so like in comedy there's kind of the pattern of threes or the rule of threes mm -hmm. and all that is i can't remember how much of this is my idea and how much someone else so i'm not going to claim all of it that's fine but uh, is that if I say blue, red, 
your next thing you're thinking is another color because right. that's the pattern I've established. So the rule of threes works because it's there wouldn't be the rule of two wouldn't work because you haven't established a pattern yet. Right. If it's blue and then you don't have any sense of what the next thing is going to be. Um, so then it's so, but four doesn't quite do it because the, I don't know why, but three works <laughs> because the pattern has just been established. You're like, all right, I'm going, I don't right. know where I'm going. And then I can't remember. Someone said that then the, then the, um, the, Laughter comes from ex either uh, usually it's then establishing this pattern and then going off the pattern. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was going this way. It's something else. So you say blue, you react. red, laughed because they're yeah, all yeah. past tense verbs instead of colors now. And yeah, yeah. It all goes back. You're like, oh no, like that was not what I thought. Yeah, and right. so then that creates this spontaneous uh -huh. thing in you. And then, but then sometimes you do the pattern and it's kind of going continuing the pattern, using the pattern, and then going off the pattern to create this unexpected Just enough, thing. like the A to C. I, yeah, A to C, C is a C thing, C thing or whatever. Thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which is to say, I'm as an audience member, I can easily expect B to happen next, right. but if you go C, I'm not I'm not there anticipating yet. I'm, it. Yeah. I'm following you. I would have gotten there eventually, but you got there before me, yeah, and yeah. now I see it, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so that's why I think patterns works, because we're so hardwired to use our brains to look for patterns and how we survive. And that's how we've made it as humans all these years is that we're able to have this cognitive ability to recognize patterns. Right, right. So that's, we're constantly doing us, it. Like this, whatever, this, like, this thing is hot all the time. So don't do that. Like yeah. all those basic survival skills. Yeah, yeah. So then if you disrupt that pattern, it creates this spark of like emotion, hopefully laughter. Uh -huh. So that's why I think relationships, one of the, base touchstones for what we have as humans and then patterns. That's why I think those work. I don't know. It could be all bullshit, but that's what I think. <laughs> Isn't everything all bullshit though? Yes. At some point, like we don't know who knows what yes. is truth, right? That's a good question. Come on. I don't know. Speaking of what's all, is, is it all bullshit? Uh, what, how do you feel about, uh, God? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm interested in, it doesn't have to be God. I'm interested in people's, like, just how you approach right. in, like, spiritual things. Other, if you're, I've heard some other podcasts go this direction. I don't think, I think I'm the first one. You're so. the first one, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long form comedians. Um, so. Because I, let me say this. I worked in church work. I was, I grew up, like, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a Christian person. I, I worked in churches for a long time. So it's always been, like, the idea of spirituality has always been very, very important in my life. And right. I think it's really interesting to hear uh, how it either has been or hasn't been and what effect that has on someone's approach to life now. Right. So I'm similar. I, uh, similarly grew up that way. Uh, what kind of church? Methodist church. Methodist. Okay. Then I got highly involved with Young Life. Gotcha. And then I used to work for Young Life for a while. Oh, That's did how you? I met my wife. Oh. How I my brother know. met his wife. Good Lord. All right. Lots of... Uh, uh, Lots of good. Came yeah. Out. That's good. And so right now, I'm in between the first half of my life and the second half of my life. Right. Sure. Whatever. Falling upward. <laughs> yep. You're uh, right there. So I, um, I have a hard time with certainty at this point in my life. Any kind of certainty, particularly like dogmatic certainty. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't even know. Right. Currently, I don't even know what 
how to label myself. I've always thought of myself as Christian and I'm still happy to do that, but I often feel like I'm way too open-minded to, to keep that label. <laughs> Does that make sense? My friend Garrett Smalley tells me I'm the most agnostic Christian he's ever met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. still, I still have, a, and, and I was talking to my friend Sarah the other day and she was asking me why I feel that felt the need to continue like to continue to say oh I, like, I'm a Christian like why do you even and I was like I, I it's something I'm like I'm not I don't know I have to kind of think about that I don't like the divisiveness of it I certainly don't like the face of American Christianity yeah but I've still I don't even I've still always I like the I like the heart of Christianity and the good of yeah christianity all the other like accessory politicization of it and all of that i don't like but i wouldn't want to just frame myself by what i don't like do you know what i mean absolutely yeah i so, believe in 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 love and in grace and redemption and in second chances and in, in uh like those things I not those things aren't exclusive to Christianity, right. but those that's that's the the it's beautiful. That's the venue through which I found those things because I yes. grew up that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I respect that. Yeah, and so yeah, I don't have I don't have any qualms with it. Right, I just right. have a hard time necessarily yeah, yeah. with dogmatic stuff at this point, slash divisiveness. Absolutely, which isn't inherently a part of Christianity but feels almost inherently a part of Christian. Yeah. Which isn't totally true. But. It's a, it's a lot though. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately it's, it's a yeah. lot of it now. It's, it's a lot of being defined by what we don't, right. What, what you don't like, what you don't do, what you don't agree with, whatever. Right. Yeah. So I do feel that there's a re redemptive force happening in the world. And, uh, my man Richard Rohr yeah. says that that's what Christ did was point to that which is that redemptive force that's already happening. Yeah. I had this very spiritual moment where I was, I love abandoned buildings. Ooh. I this aban yeah. yeah. I love historical things. So I was at this abandoned building out in the middle of nowhere. It had been burned out probably like in the early 1900s or something, but still just kind of the structures there. And in the middle of it, for however many years, is like this forest. There's like trees and vines growing over it and so it was this great like spiritual moment for me of like oh these things that are built if they burn in this case or tumble something new that's more wild comes and grows over it and through it so it's like redeeming it in a way that is different than you ever would have expected but um and that, that is like a, not just like a allegorical truth but like a seeing it sort of truth was like oh this is what's always happening right when things die new things grow through them and out of them yeah they're just vastly different and more wild i think so uh that's something i think about all the time <laughs> i love that i love that picture though i wrote a poem about it i can sh i can share it with you sometime yeah <laughs> I'm not going to share it here. No, but no, of course not. But uh, so I believe in that, and I believe that that is ultimately what Christianity points to. So I believe in that goodness of it. Uh -huh. I hate all the peripheral stuff, and so like I don't. 
I don't know if it has to be Christ or. Do, if, do you believe that other? I was, I was just going to say, do you believe other things point to that as well? That that, that force is yeah. bigger than than what the things that are yeah. pointing to it. I used to have a problem saying that. Yeah. That like kind of the idea of universalism. Now I'm like, I like that. That's fine. That's yeah. good. I. I feel like we know too much to, be. It was easier probably a hundred years ago when you're like when you lived to be thirty-eight and you lived to be thirty-eight. You're killing people, <laughs> slashing people up, <laughs> sword yeah. combat. That you uh, uh, weren't as aware. So it's hard to be like, so this person in whatever country in China has never heard of Christianity. Right? What happens Why when would they, die? they have even had to confront? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, boy, there's a really good line in a Jack Johnson song that says, "There were uh, there were so many fewer questions when stars were still just the holes to heaven." It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. good line, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I I got it all figured out. And then you start learning more, you start seeing more, and you're like, oof. Yeah. Okay, it's not fitting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe in, I don't know, I believe in God as more of this mystery than this. Uh. uh personification of like well god has it's a he and has these attributes that sure looks a lot like a person taking christ out of it Mm -hmm. sure looks a lot like how a person behaves like it's more exciting to me that it's this strange redemptive force yeah something is pulling things toward good right which is why i think things are right Uh, no it totally lines up Yeah, yeah absolutely so have you read the book speaking of I had mentioned Rob Bell earlier have you read what we talk about when we talk about God um have you read that book no I think my wife has it's 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 I've kind of along these lines of like redefining that word God and and like what what is that what are we really saying what's all the baggage that's come with it and that it's yeah. pretty it's pretty interesting you yeah I really enjoy that screw the baggage I don't know I often feel like too out there to for Christian friends. Yes. And too Christian for... Oh, my God. I just told a friend of mine that two weeks ago. That I yeah. feel like like when I'm around like people, my, like friends of mine that are Christians, I'm like... Too, like they, they, they can't get on board with what I'm saying. Yeah. But when I'm around people, of like friends of mine that are not Christian at all, they're like, dude, you're like so Christian. And I'm like, what the... Where is my place? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yes. I think at best I've always been like 48% doubt anyway. Yeah. Yeah, obviously you wouldn't have gotten to this place right here if you were just accepting everything that was right. given to you. I, I don't know. The great, the greatest thing a pastor can convey to me is some is humility and like being able to say I don't know. I just don't. Uh, speaking of like authenticity and like our generation are younger, that's yeah. like uh, you want authenticity and how can you speak with such certainty about things that you can't certainly know right yeah nobody knows do you do do you guys go to a church right now uh no No. not right now did up until my son was born and we put him in we have him in daycare which Uh we kind of hate and we had a hard time putting him in child care at church be like another day of our weekend of two days where we don't have to put you in a daycare which we don't love oh, daycares right, are fine right, right. i was like i don't want to i can't he would scream and be like i don't know yeah it's hard to well, i'm sure that god i can't imagine that's hard to see yeah 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 i don't know what i am anymore but i do know like in a very postmodern way i don't like labels of like if i say yeah. i'm this then i'm 
it creates this divide between me and you. Uh huh. Yep. Screw that, man. Screw the divides. Yeah. Everything's cloudy. Everything's, Everything's cloudy. Foggy. Come join me in the cloud. Yeah. It's foggy. It's good in the clouds. <laughs> That's a good answer, man. I love that. Yeah, I don't know what my answer was. You're like my soul brother. Let's do it. Let's do it. Wait, what, what are we doing? We're going to be soul brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, here's what you are. Let's do it. Not Wait, it, what are it. we doing? Oh, I wasn't there. You could... Jeff, no, I come thought on. I should interpret can we can we as, can we bring this out of the gutter a little bit? Uh, I thought that I would be able to trust you a little more. I'm I'm saying it's your fault. God, I I said let's. I just asked you a question, and you well, took it to I a dirty said something place. And you said that it was about it, and then who knows what it is? You immediately thought it was boning. We yes ended our way into you offering me sex. <laughs> you know that's all. That's it goes that way a lot. Believe it or not, <laughs> it goes that way a fair amount. Yeah, true. <laughs> Oh God! All right, I got a couple more questions, and then we're and then we're we're done. Are you feeling all right? How you feeling? Yeah. How long have we been going? We've been about an hour and forty now. Oh, nice. You feeling okay? Yeah, good. All right. You got to pee again or anything? No. Okay. Slightly. All right. Not all the way. I always like to check in. Yeah. Feeling good. All right. Um. Let me let me look through. Make sure I've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This one I had a hard time answering for myself, and so I added it to the questions. All right. If you were given twenty five thousand dollars today. Mm-hmm. And you had to spend it all, or you didn't have any of it tomorrow. You had to spend it all today. What would you buy? In one day. Yeah, one day. $25,000. Isn't there a, isn't that a movie premise? Is that what Brewster's Millions is? 80s movie with Richard Pryor? Is that what it is? He gives it to know. him and like he has to spend it. He does have to spend it all in, an, in, a, in a, certain like a certain amount of time, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 you're right. Um, Nothing's original. God. No, it's a good question. How would I spend twenty five thousand? Is a weird number. That's why I had a hard time answering it. Right, because it's not like it's a million dollars. Yes, that'd be easier, I think. I know what I'd do. Oof! All right, I'd put it towards a house down payment. Oh, <laughs> how responsible! Answer. God, but we would love how to move out of this small house we've had for years, and it's what we talk about a lot. So I'd put it towards a house because that's what we've been talking about. Uh huh. So that's not that exciting. No, it's not. But, you know, <laughs> it's a good answer. I, I'll let you answer how you want to answer. I get to answer how I want. You do. You get to. You're the guest. Yeah. I mean, I give it to charity. I, I, no, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'd, you'd buy a down payment. Maybe a house. portion of it. Well, maybe. Depends on what kind of house you wanted and how, how big the down payment you yeah. needed to be. Yeah. I'd, I'd be very tempted to give part of it to charity. I'll say that. That's... That's a really responsible temptation to have. <laughs> I'd be very, I'd be very tempted. I like that. I, it'd be hard to resist giving it to charity. I would try to. That's a good political answer. Uh huh. That would be a hard. It'd be hard to not give it to charity. I'm pretty great. I think. I think I could do it. Please don't follow up on if I actually did. <laughs> oh God, I love that. All right. Uh, I, I like would you rather's. Let's do a couple would you rather's. Okay. Um, whew, oh my God. Sorry, this one was really good immediately uh, for just what we've been talking about. All right. Uh, normally, or sometimes people send them in, but nobody sent any in uh, recently. So yeah. I just got these. Because you don't have a Facebook cards. page for it yet. I got to get the Facebook page going. So easy, man. See, why am I not doing this? I don't know. Maybe for my, my year. I've been out for a year now. It's time to do a Facebook page. Yeah, totally. You're right. All right. Would you rather know all and be bitter? Or know nothing and be optimistic. Nothing and be optimistic. That's, that's where I am. Me, yeah, that's exactly. That's how I feel too. 
Yeah, because optimistic, just even if you know less, that's a better way to feel than all-knowing. Right. All-knowing, that'd be gross. Ugh. Knowing everything, I, I, well, I just, I can't even fathom the idea of knowing everything. No. Like, I feel like that's impossible, and so, like, that almost feels like, what would you do if you had, like... I can't even think of like an absurd enough. Like if you became a dragon, like what you know, like I'm like right. I don't know. I can't like I can't even. That's not. A thing. I'd spend my twenty five thousand dollars differently if I was a dragon. <laughs> I'd see my fire retardant clothes. <laughs> I would. Uh, it would probably just be villager reparations. Oh, you feel bad done. for when you when you sneeze or when you cough. Yeah, <laughs> but I imagine if I'm a dragon, I don't. I don't like people. They're my enemy. If they would leave me alone. Right. You just want to be left alone and do your own thing and sit in your cave, which sounds boring. But, yeah, dragons are not communal creatures. There's only ever one dragon. I, yeah, there's not a family of dragons. That's all they want. So They're just like, hey, guys, want who family? wants to hang out? But as they say that, and they you, smite everyone. They kill everyone. people. Yeah. yeah, they kill a village when they're just asking yeah. if anybody wants to go get tea. See, if I lived in the Middle Ages, I would have killed someone and probably tried to fight a dragon, whether or not the dragon exists. You the dragons in our hearts. Mm, the dragons in our minds and our hearts and our souls. Mm. Smite the dragon. All right, so you'd rather know nothing. Yeah. Would you rather be forced to earn a living working for the next year as a hypnotist or as a magician? Oh, gosh. Uh, forced? That's a weird one. Yeah. I think... As a hypnotist, for the obvious answer that you can get people to do things that you want them to do. Oh, yeah. See, I was thinking a hypnotist also, but for the fact that I think I could bullshit my way through it. I right. don't think I could bullshit my way through being a magician. Oh, yeah. Like if you have your current skill set? I'm. That's what I'm imagining is you're forced. Somebody's like, you got to earn a living right now. Choose one or the other. So like, you'd be a shitty magician. Yeah. I mean, I would not. It would be really terrible. Yeah. So I could pretend to be a hypnotist. I think. Right. Right. And people like people wanting to believe could be convinced that they were hypnotized. Yeah. Do you think that just by giving yourself the label hypnotist and having an audience that then you could become a hypnotist? I think I really do think you could. I think you could for for a certain for certain people. Yeah. I think there are people who are so ready to believe that all you'd have to do is give them the vehicle to believe. And they're like, I'm in. I'm you've got me. I saw a hypnotist my freshman year of college is like freshman welcoming events pretty big auditorium and they brought people up to he brought people up to be in a band and they were oh. all played different instruments and he hypnotized them and all played different instruments and then one guy's a lead singer and it was a garth brooks song i don't know much garth brooks but it was like it might have been garth brooks but it was country and it was like one that has like a really fast part in it there's a what there's a girl in the second row she's a nine she's a ten she's like a, something like that Ooh, okay. or it goes real fast okay and uh this guy sang the whole song word for word like during this fast part so then he unhypnotizes them, and he says, uh, do you like country music? Are you a country music fan? And the guy's like, no, I don't listen to country. And uh, he's like, so then the hypnotist explained that, like, we store all this information in our heads, like all these things that we've heard, we store it deep down, but we can't access it. unless. But if you're hypnotized, you can access it, and there it just comes out. I don't know, man. It was interesting. Here's my problem with that story. Okay. This is my truth, Adam, but go ahead. Here's my problem with your truth, Jeff. <laughs> First of all, the assumption is that the guys heard the song at least once before. Right. And so then the also assumption is that he's, you hear something once and it's there. 
you just can't access it? Is that what he's saying? That's how the brain works? That's how I took it several years ago. I don't know. I don't. Callers, call in with your experiences. Please. Because the thing is, I don't believe that's true. But How'd I don't that guy know do it that's. Though? How did he do it? I didn't. That's the thing. I don't have the experience but to if you question take, it. But if you take for word my story, which I took at their word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That right. this guy hadn't listened to country, but he was able to spin and it And this up. guy wasn't a plant or anything. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, I could. I could be. So everything you've ever seen or heard is somewhere in your brain. And if you can access it, you've got it verbatim. Well, think about this. People often like with autism have one thing that they focus on and right. like they know everything like an, an astounding amount about it and yeah. they have access to it uh-huh. because things aren't, well, they are cloudier for them, but they aren't, they don't have to think about doing the dishes, think about picking someone up, think about homework, think about all these different things. Right, right. If they just focus on one thing, what they can download essentially. Yeah, but what about like when you're trying we? to memorize a speech and you just like can't? Because we're too cloudy, man. Too I don't know. I don't know. Clouds. It would be great to, obviously we don't tap into it if it's there. But I think there will be people that can will claim if you use this system, you can do it. But there's no system that really stepped forward where like, oh yeah, that's definitely That one working. works if everybody would be doing it. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. So maybe it doesn't exist. You've convinced me with your cynicism. <laughs> not what I wanted to do. <laughs> But I'm glad we agree. I don't yeah. know. That's interesting now because I don't believe it, but I think it could be true. That, that's how I am like with ghosts. Yeah. How do you feel about ghosts? Aliens. Aliens. Yeah. Like ghosts where I'm like, I don't know, man. But people that are respectable people that I know that have, experiences. have had experiences. Right. I don't know what to say to that. I don't know. I don't know. Why can't we just say that more? I don't know. I know. I wish. I think. I think I want to believe in ghosts, but I don't think I do. Yeah. And here's why. Because I will go to a haunted place and have a good time. And I think if I really thought ghosts existed, I would stay the fuck out of that place. Right. Like, if I really thought a ghost, even if, even if I didn't think they could harm me. Right. But I wanted to be respectful of whatever they were doing. Like, as, right. like I think I would not go in and be like, Oh, where's the ghost? Like, uh, I don't yeah. know. I think that, so that, that, what that tells me is I don't know that I actually believe in ghosts, even though I really want to. And I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Also, like if you're supportive of it, you have to then have these theories that like, my thing is if there are ghosts, how come they can show themselves periodically or like push something off of a counter periodically yeah but only so often people say well it takes a lot of energy for them to be able to do that didn't you see beetlejuice well, yeah then you gotta <laughs> decide that that's how it works that's kind of a theory yeah everything's a theory man i don't know i don't know <laughs> i think we've reached zero conclusions on this podcast which is which that's is kind of nice it's my kind of podcast right right I'm getting lost in thought. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to open up about? Well, uh, all I'm saying with Christianity is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't say any certainty anymore. Yeah. I just have a hard time with certainty anymore. 
Yeah, so do I. Anybody that's certain of anything makes me suspicious. Yes. Anybody that thinks they've got it figured out, especially something as big as the mysteries of the universe. Right. Like, if you right. tell me you've got, like, airplane engines figured out, like, maybe you do. I don't know. I mean, but but even that, there's more, there's always advances in things in, in terms of, of technology and stuff. Like, you right. can't, yeah. I, I would say 100% believe in the essence of Christianity. Right. And the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strip away all the dogma and... Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love homosexual people and I don't like <laughs> the things right. that. Yes, of course. Like, yeah. So, like, all that stuff, but like the essence of it and just kind of like, I'm totally on board with. And like, the, my man Richard Rohr would say, like, the, the <laughs> deeper truths of it uh -huh. are awesome. And the, the universal. Dogmatic cultural things. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Christianity looks different in different cultures. Right. Like, very, very much so. And Richard Rohr, is, I've heard him say that, like, he's like, uh, if I grew up in India, I'd probably be Hindu. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Probably, yeah, because that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the worldview you would have been handed. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be the, the title of this episode. I don't right. know. With Jeff it's the title of my life. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, why. that's your memoir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. maybe. How about that? That's what we talk about anymore. That's maybe. That's so funny because that's been like that's that's a thing that's been on this. I've said that several times. Of like that's where I'm at right now, belief wise. Like anytime I've, I've like got an idea and somebody gives me an opposing, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like probably could be. I used to think about stuff all the time. I still think about stuff a lot, obviously. But like try to figure it out. Try to figure out answers, and then at a certain point, I was like, oh. I can say I don't know, and it's okay to say <laughs> I don't it's know. It's fine. It was very freeing where I was like, oh, I don't have to ruminate on everything and try to find out what the right thing is. Right. I'm going to say I don't know. I take a lot of comfort in that. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. I got one yeah. last question for you. Okay. And then we can end. Unless you don't want to, and then we can keep going. Let's do it. All right. One last question. Here's the last question. Okay. You're on an airplane. Yeah. And it's going down. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's headed toward a mountain, and the wings. It's going down off. and heading towards the mountain. Yeah, like it's it's on its way down. You were above the mountains. It is yeah. now headed down into the the face of a mountain. Wings are falling off. Yeah, there's there's no way it's gonna like pull up and get out of there, right? right. You've got about a minute and a half before yeah. it crashes in you into a fiery death. Yeah. What's going through your mind in your final minutes? Uh, <laughs> um, I think what's going through my mind, well, I don't know. People that are in those scenarios, near death stuff, say they have so much like peace and clarity. So I'm hoping for that, <laughs> but I think I'm also thinking, oh no, did I do this right? <laughs> my did, life. Yeah. Oh, should I have done this? Maybe I should have done something different. I shouldn't have gotten on this plane. <laughs> That's the one regret I have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe like when everything, when all the cloud goes away, all the cloudiness of the mind, which is to say my mind, yeah. goes away. Uh-huh. And you're faced with... Which it occasionally does. Yeah. All I want to do is call people and tell them how much I appreciate them. Yeah. When all that goes away, like I'm like... 
I, that's what I feel. I'm like, oh, I need to start calling everyone and tell them how much I love them. So maybe it would be that because I imagine it would be this like laser focus clarity, both tiny and wide at the same time where I'm like all the all the bullshit cloud goes away. And I'm like, let's just tell everyone I love them. everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Flight attendant. Hugs. Right. I didn't give you I didn't give you my cup. <laughs> when you came by with the trash and then I asked you to take it again later. I I'm was, so sorry. That I was, was ready. I just didn't pay attention. You're fine. I love everyone. <laughs> so maybe that. Just an overwhelming feeling of wanting everyone to know that you love them and appreciate them. I think so. <laughs> That's really nice. Maybe that is. Or maybe I'll just be like, I want to fight everyone. <laughs> if we're going down, I'm getting my fights in. I haven't, I haven't had a good fight in a long time and this is my last chance. <laughs> my chance. <laughs> We're gonna die. I'm gonna go out punching somebody. <laughs> Man, woman, child, I don't care. Just give me a person within arm's reach. <laughs> so I'm going down fighting. Could be, yeah, yeah strangers. At, yeah, it's a manly way to go down. <laughs> yeah, when I when I get to heaven, I want God to be like, "Props, bro. <laughs> Some good punches, bro. <laughs> you learned to use them fists I gave you. <laughs> it's about time. Welcome." Head on to the back. There's a party in the back. We got a boxing ring there just for <laughs> situations like this. It's okay, Paul. He's on the list. <laughs> Peter. It's Whoever. Peter that's at the gates, isn't it? I don't know. Paul's already, he's in there. Is he in there partying? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Paul would be at a singles bar. Yeah, he, he was cool with being single. <laughs> yeah, he was, he, was, he was all about it. Yeah, he'd be at a singles bar. Jesus would be there with him. Maybe not singles bar. Maybe wherever single people hang out. Do you think it's a? Do you think there's a bar in heaven? I suppose so. Jesus I mean, was turning water into wine. Yeah, I mean, what the hell? I don't know like, why he'd stop. Yeah, it'd be a it'd be a wine bar. Oh, like a, like a little fancy, a little more upscale, like. Yeah. It wouldn't be a dive bar. No. Like it'd be a wine and stuff. Like yeah. It'd be. Classy. There'd be some bottles though, but they'd be imported, like some yeah, bottled yeah. beer and stuff. But it wouldn't be any like domestic. Yeah, there's no corking fee because you can't take it with you. So you don't walk in with any <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's exhausted that for now. Yeah, like, I'll look at two little sacrilegious going that way. <laughs> I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. That's the last thing I want. I think to wrap it all up. Wrap it up. Give me, give me a thing to wrap it up with. I think heaven will be like this classy bar we find ourselves in now oh yeah yeah um but people are just enjoying each other and i don't know what they serve wine and shirley temples which i love shirley temples look the thing is i love a good shirley temple really i love shirley temple because i'm not I, a big drinker in general i don't yeah. like the taste of beer i don't like the taste of most yeah. like, liquor and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and I, so I'll order it sometimes, but like you can't order it and be taken seriously. But like if you order a grenadine and Sprite, I feel like you're kind of taken seriously because someone it might order like that. A, yeah, yeah. It sounds like something an adult would have. But a drink name for a coquettish <laughs> little girl from the 30s. Yeah, you can't. It's real rough. I ordered a, when I went, I went to Belize with my wife one time and. Uh, we ordered 
she wanted a mojito and I wanted a Shirley Temple. Mm. So we just ordered, like, I just want a mojito and a Shirley Temple. And the waitress, like, came back and she had them both and she looked at them and just, like, sat them both equidistant from both of us in the middle of the table. <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> Shirley Temples, man. Yeah. Yep. Should we end with Shirley Temples? Shirley Temples. That's the way to end. I think that's it. There's no end to the podcast. Underrated. Yeah. If you ask a 12-year-old boy at a wedding reception, they're not underrated. No. They're like, he, yeah, they're the best. Yeah, because I can drink this. But yeah. if you're 38, mm-hmm. you have to tell everyone that it's okay to like them. It's, it's still okay. It's still okay. Go out and drink a Shirley Temple. Everyone, you're okay how you are. You are. And it's be, okay to not you. know. Be your authentic self. We're all going to be okay. We're going to be all right. You better believe it. Sorry. You better believe it. You had to throw that in. We just right. keep winding down. Yeah, we keep hard stop. No, like, yeah, there's not a hard stop. Where, where are we in? We end right here. No.